Alright, what's going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here, back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day, I know I am. You guys really loved when I did that compilation of all the story times for the 4th of July, so I figured I would uh, bring you guys another one to celebrate the start of a new month. If you appreciate it, you like the long videos, please be sure to press the like button, and if you're new around here and you like what you're listening to, subscribe and turn on notifications. I post really frequently. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy some stories. Alright, so this story time was sent in to me by a subscriber who goes to a very expensive private school. Their grandparents pay for it, you know, uh, they don't necessarily like it, but it is what it is. And at this school, there's obviously a lot of stuck-up rich kids that think that money literally makes you a better person, you know? If you have $100 in your pocket, you are officially better than people who don't. And if you have $1,000 in your pocket, you actually gain the ability to fly. Listen, man, I obviously am not dumb. Money makes life a little bit easier. It's way better to be crying in a Ferrari than crying in, like, you know, the middle of the rain. That being said, money doesn't make you literally a better person. Whether you got 5,000, 50,000, 500,000, 5 million, you know, it doesn't really matter. We all still poop the same way. We're all still gonna die, so like, sure, I guess money can make life easier, but when people really think that their wealth makes them a better human, it's just stupid. But some of the kids at this private school would love to use their parents' money to win an argument, you know? Like, if somebody was fighting with them, they'd be like, well, I'm richer than you, I have five horses and you have four. Which, uh, is to be expected with people like this. I don't know what it is, but for some reason they think that's, like, a good argument. You know, hey man, you shouldn't run red lights. I own a horse! It's like, alright, dude, cool. You still shouldn't run a red light. You can't ride a horse if you get in a car accident. I'm just saying, it's not a very good way to win an argument. Like, you know, especially if it's not your money. If you're worth 80 billion and you want to run around going, I'm worth 80 billion, like, at least it's your money, right? But flexing an accomplishment that isn't yours and thinking it makes you cooler, I've never understood. It's your parents' money. It's not yours. It's not like you could go to your dad tomorrow and be like, hey, dad, you need to liquidate the stock portfolio. We're moving to Belgium. It's not really your money. You're just benefiting off somebody else's hard work. And, like, sure, it's your parents that worked hard, but it's not like you're rich, and it even doesn't make you better than anyone even if you were. Anyways, in this particular class, he had a teacher that really did not like the way that a lot of teacher or a lot of the students would talk to him. You know, a lot of the teachers were too afraid to talk back because they were intimidated, but in this particular class, he really despised being condescended to by the students, which I could understand. Like, imagine you've been to college, you know, you've been around the block, you're an adult, and some 15-year-old is like, you're an idiot because my daddy is rich. Anyways, in this class, there was one girl that was always, like, humble bragging and interrupting the class about how, you know, she needed to turn in this assignment late or that assignment late because of insert rich person event. Like, one time, you know, in the middle of a presentation by the teacher out of nowhere, she just goes, I'm sorry I had to turn in the homework late earlier today. I was just in Paris last night. Like, for absolutely no reason out loud, you know, there was another time where, like, in the middle of an unrelated presentation to anything she was about to bring up, she just blurted out that she needed next week's homework early because she was going to be spending time in England. And anytime she would do anything like this, she would make sure to scream it loud enough so everybody could hear it. You know, she didn't want anyone to not know that she was going to be spending time in Paris or England. And obviously it was just annoying because it's like you're not asking for the homework because you need the homework. You're screaming you're going to England under the guise of asking for homework so everyone's in 
impressed. And obviously, the teacher was kind of annoyed because she's just like always interrupting class and loudly announcing her trips or where she's going. And, you know, it just didn't really have a place in class. Like, listen, it's cool you're going to Paris. I'm sure it was awesome. You saw a tower or whatever. Made a, maybe Ratatouille came out, signed like your, your food. I don't know. Whatever you do in France. That being said, if I'm in geometry, I don't care that you were in France. Call me crazy, you know. It just has nothing to do with me. Even then, if you are going to be gone all the time going on vacation, you don't have to interrupt class at all. Like, you could just walk up to the teacher after class and go, hey, I'm going on vacation next week, may I have the work? You don't need to, like, tell the teacher, I'm going to Belgium to go scuba diving and fight an octopus, I need the homework. Like, saying you're going on vacation also works, and you especially don't need to interrupt the class and flex on everybody. Anyways, the teacher was just especially annoyed with this because it was something that this particular girl would get up to all the time. And on this particular day, in the middle of class, once again unrelated to anything she's about to say, she just kind of blurted out in the middle of class, Um, excuse me? And the teacher's like, yeah? Can, can I get the work for next week right now? Because I'm going to be going to Norway. So, if you could just get me, like, next week's work right now, I would really appreciate it. And the teacher kind of sits there and looks at her stupefied for a second because he's in the middle of teaching the lesson and he goes, no, no, you can't right now. You're not going to Norway tomorrow, are you? And it's the middle of class. Like, this can wait, dude. So please sit down and be quiet. Nobody cares where you're going on vacation, all right? I promise you it'll be okay. You can deal with this after class, but there really is no reason to continuously interrupt my teaching in order to tell us where you're going on vacation, because I can assure you that none of us care. Which, listen, sure, that's absolutely brutal. I would consider that a little bit of a fatality, but imagine constantly having your, like, job interrupted by some spoiled person announcing their travel itinerary. Like, imagine if you were a chef, right? You know, you're trying to make a, a fish fillet, you're trying to make a steak, and then, like, some chef just keeps walking up to you. Hey, man! I just got back from the Maldives. You won't believe how crazy it is. You have to look at these pictures, and you're like, dude, I can't look at these pictures. I gotta make the steak. Obviously, it would get annoying. However, the spoiled girl did not like that. I don't think anyone would have liked that. So she just goes, excuse me? I'll have you know that it's my job as a student to take care of my studies, so I will take care of them as I see fit. Which is obviously just taking what the teacher said, like, the most ridiculous way possible. He clearly didn't mean that you shouldn't take your school seriously. He just said, you can deal with this after class. You don't have to interrupt me all the time. Nobody cares where you're going. It has nothing to do with you not taking school seriously. He didn't say, forget your future, drop out, live in a van, make a YouTube. Like, that's a, he didn't give you that advice. All he said was, please stop, nobody cares, you know. And the teacher's response was like, I'm glad that you care about your schooling, you know, it's great, there's a lot of kids in this school that don't seem to take their education seriously, but that being said, you don't need to scream out that you're going across the world in the middle of class and interrupt what I'm doing and demand that I get you the work. I'm not going to interrupt what I'm doing to fetch something for you, I'm not a dog. And her response is just, well, I pay your salary, so I expect you to get the work when I request the work, you know, you get paid more than a normal teacher at this school, and as such, you need to to treat us with more respect so if you want to keep that salary that I pay then you're gonna get the work when I ask for it 
Which is just some of the most entitled behavior of all time, man. Like, listen, even if you are paying for private school, you just can't start screaming at the teacher and telling them they need to print work for you immediately. That's not really how it works. It just makes you look like you suck, you know? Like, the teacher will get to it when they can get to it, but you wouldn't go interrupt a bus driver in the middle of his route and tell him he has to print the bus route for you. Obviously, it's a little less high stake, but if you're teaching a class, you know, just standing up and screaming at him, demanding he go print stuff right then, is like getting his entire bus route off course, you feel me? And even then, alright, you're not the only person at this private school paying tuition. Everybody else in that classroom is also shelling out a metric crap ton of money to be there. So you're not the only one paying his salary. Everybody there is. So if they want to be paying attention and learning, then like, shut up. You're not the only person paying the salary. Sure, you can ask him to print it right then. But if everybody else says no, keep teaching, then like, it is what it is. You got outvoted. Uh, they kind of outpower you. They're paying more of the salary altogether. And that's what the teacher says. You know, I'm not going to stop. The other students are paying my salary too. And at that point, even the students speak up. They're like, yeah, my parents are paying a lot of money for me to be here too. I don't care about your travels. You can deal with that after class. And obviously, as the class kind of like turns on her a little bit and is kind of like, yeah, come on, stop interrupting the class. Like you always are interrupting this for no reason. Nobody cares about where you're going. She starts to get embarrassed and she sits down but it's very obvious that she's not happy. You know, like, by the facial expressions, you can just tell that it's not over. She's doing the crocker from uh, Fairly Odd Parents thing of, like, soon I will reveal the existence of these fairies, but it's like, soon I will get this teacher in trouble for, you know, not letting me brag about my vacation in the middle of the day. She's definitely got this look of just somebody that that's just planning something, but whatever. The teacher doesn't, like, give it any attention, obviously, and the class just kind of goes about its business. For the rest of the time, she doesn't say too much. Everybody's kind of happy that, you know, there's no talking or distractions for a bit or or random facts about wherever the next vacation is. And they end up leaving class. Nothing happened. Going home, having a normal night, you know, nothing too eventful. You wouldn't expect too much craziness to be going down when it comes to classroom drama when you're at home. That'd be uncomfortable if, like, your teacher and another student are fighting each other, bursting through your door like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah, we brought school drama home. You'd be like, no, I wanted to leave this in the science class, okay? I I don't want to deal with this here. Anyways, it wasn't over because the next day everyone comes into class, you know, and the spoiled girl is just glowing and she starts telling everybody that she's going to embarrass this teacher. He's going to regret ever crossing her, you know, and obviously everybody's kind of like, okay, but she keeps going on about how she really got him this time and like he's going to have no response. She's going to catch him absolutely lacking. So obviously everybody's kind of curious. It's not like they're on her side or anything. Like nobody's really on her side, you know, they're trying to blow her off, but obviously you're going to be a little bit interested when it's about to be very entertaining, you know? We all agree that there's some TV shows where nobody's really the good guy on it, like Maury or some of the shows like that. But that being said, you can't help but admit it can be a little entertaining sometimes, so everybody's just kind of listening her go on and on about how she's going to destroy him and blah blah blah. And finally, after the bell rings, the teacher ends up coming into the class, and she doesn't even 
even give this teacher any time to like go sit down, have a sip of coffee, nothing. He's just immediately confronted by spoiled tea stinky head Washington herself, you know, with some knowledge that uh, she thought was going to absolutely own him, but honestly just ended up making her look really, really creepy and desperate. Like in her mind, she thought what she was about to say was going to be like, boom, bang, and everyone was going to be like, oh my God, that was dope. And so what comes out of her mouth is, I know why you hate when I announce why I travel and where I'm going. It's because you're jealous and poor and you're never going to be able to go to any of these places. So your natural response is to try to shut it down to hide the fact that you're embarrassed by the fact that I get to do cooler things than you. Which, listen, man, is quite the opening, maybe a little bit too strong in my opinion, you know? I feel like if you're trying to own somebody, just calling them jealous and poor off the rip is a good way to get nobody on your side. Just because it's like, I I don't know, he kind of didn't say he's upset that you've traveled around the world, he's upset that you interrupt his class to do it, you know? I also just feel like most people would agree that it's messed up to start bullying somebody because they make less money than you, or like assuming that they're just jealous if they're reasonable reasoning isn't that bad but the teacher doesn't let it phase him you know he doesn't get too shaken up he's like oh am i jealous you know that's crazy i didn't realize that i was jealous of you and although i probably in fact certainly make more or make less excuse me than most of your parents you know i wouldn't consider myself poor i definitely make more than the average teacher and i feel like i do pretty well for myself my house is paid off not that it's any of your business but thank you so much sure i definitely don't make enough to be going to norway every week, but I'm not really jealous of you. You know what I mean? I feel like you're kind of reaching there. And she's kind of taken aback by his uh, answer, which is just the truth. He's like, yeah, probably. Your parents are paying for private school. They definitely have more money than I do. But her response is, well, I watched you pull into school this morning, and I saw the car you drive, and I went up, and I got the VIN number, and I ended up looking up its blue book value, and I know that it's only worth $22,000. And I'll have you know that $22,000 for a car is nothing and she folds her arm like she just won the battle but listen she doesn't realize it just makes her look nuts because she watched somebody park and then went and got the VIN number off their car to look up how much it cost so the teacher says you watched me park you know that seems a little bit creepy and obsessive and everybody starts laughing because it's true dude like you came to school early to sit in the teacher's parking lot to figure out where he parked to go over and figure out how much his car cost and you didn't even just look up the model You like went and got the specific VIN number and he says, sure, the value is $22,000, but I paid 20 grand. What's your point? You know, and she's getting embarrassed now. She's flushed red because everybody's laughing at her and like the teacher's not shook. He's not really embarrassed or anything. And so she's like, you just hate when I announce that where I'm going and that I'm going on vacation because you can't afford to leave the country. You're just jealous and broke. And the fact that your car only costs $20,000 is just proof of that. That's all I need to say about that. That's why you're so angry at me. And the teacher isn't mad. He just kind of starts to explain this. He's like, listen, you have to understand. I just choose not to spend money on cars. Like I said, I don't make as much money as your parents, but I could go to Europe if I wanted to, you know? It's not a matter of me being jealous of the way that you spend your money or your parents spend your money. It has nothing to do with that. You interrupting my class and trying to flex on everybody is what makes no sense. Like, you know, it just seems like you're a little bit insecure if you need to remind everybody that you're rich in going places. And she instantly just, what is that supposed to mean? You think you aren't jealous? Well, then why do you get mad whenever I interrupt your class to say where I'm going? 
And he's like, say that sentence again, you know, trying to point out, I'm not mad about you going places. I'm mad that you interrupt my class, which to everybody watching this is probably banging their head on the desk at this point. Like, it's really obvious. But whatever, apparently that's a little bit too much, you know, and the teacher goes on to explain that, like, it's just annoying to have somebody trying to show off in the middle of the lesson. And besides, one thing that it seems that you forget is that everybody else in this class is also in a situation where they're going on trips all the time. They don't announce it in the middle of class, but very often I have people walk up to me and be like, hey, I'm going on vacation to Egypt or insane places. And trust me, you know, they don't need to flex about it. It makes you look silly when you're the only one bragging. This is the reality. Tuition at this school is, you know, in some cases, $50,000 a year. If they have a kid at this school, they can afford to go to Europe. It's not surprising. You know, it just is what it is. So you're just making yourself look desperate by constantly bragging about it, because I promise you, basically everybody else in your class has been on an equally cool vacation in the past six months, and you're just making yourself look cringe by bragging about it, which is just nuts to me. Obviously, the fact that there's an entire school where people can just be dropping 50 grand a year like it's nothing but on top of that like that's low-key true you know I, I think there's a saying it was money talk wealth whispers yeah if your school costs an arm and a leg everybody there is probably you know doing pretty well there's no reason to be flexing on everybody and she's just sitting there stammering obviously not knowing what to say to that because she just got absolutely eviscerated there isn't really a comeback there you know and at that point even the class starts to turn on her one kid is kind of like bro you came to school early to watch him park and then took his VIN number? That's nuts. What's wrong with you? Like, I'll be honest, I was kind of on your side. I wanted to see you roast him. Me and him don't get along, but that's kind of weird. And then somebody else is like, yeah, not to mention, dude, what does the cost of his car have to do with anything? Do you feel like everybody has to drive around in a car that costs like $60,000? I, I don't understand. Like, what was your point? Just because he just decides not to spend all of his money on a nice car means that he's broke and instantly jealous of you? So, like, if my watch costs 800 grand and you don't like me, you're just jealous by default? You know, his watch wasn't worth that, but you get the point. Like, some people just don't care about stuff. Some people, fashion is all they spend their money on, bro. They would not be caught dead in an outfit that costs less than 20 grand. I like clothes, don't get me wrong, but like, eh, if I'm wearing Fruit of the Loom, it's it's whatever. It's not the end of the world. It's not like what I love to spend all my money on. Everybody's got different strokes for different folks. Some people just don't want to spend all their money in the car, you know. Anyways, they've kind of turned on her at that point, and it kind of turns into a 20v1 situation. And there's not much you can do to escape at that point. She tries to argue back and forth for a bit, kind of being like, you guys are stupid, you guys are dumb, you don't understand, he's obviously just jealous of my parents success which is the ultimate cringe dude so like oh he's not jealous of you he's jealous of your parents uh why i i don't understand what your parents have to do with any of this all right, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta interrupt the video for a second. A lot of you guys have been asking me to put these up on Spotify, post more on Spotify. So I've gone ahead and made a podcast show on Spotify called Scrubs. It's not gonna be different content, it's just gonna be the story times from the channel, but they're gonna be posted the same day as here, just a little later. So if you like listening offline, you know, you don't like listening or watching the gameplay, you like to listen at work, whatever it is, I will put that in the top comments comment down below. I'm going to pin it, so if you want to listen on uh, uh, Spotify, go there, and I will be keeping that super up to date, all right? No more like three months between story time posts on Spotify. 
Anyways, after that, she inevitably gets, like, so fed up with trying to argue with anyone that she just decides to go ahead and toss it up to everyone being poor and jealous, you know? You guys are only siding with the teacher because you're jealous of my travels, too, because you guys can't afford them, and she just storms out of the class. When in doubt, call everyone out and make sure that they think they're poor. You know, that's the age-old saying. I learned that from a very, very wise man on top of a mountain one time. He said, if you ever feel overwhelmed by the enemy, look at them and say, at least I'm not poor, and they will cry every single time. Jokes aside, I've just never understood why that insult matters, bro. And once again, you know, it's like, who cares? If somebody has less money, it doesn't make your argument more right. That's not really how this works. Whatever. Even though she stormed out of class, tried to throw everything off, the teacher doesn't let him throw him off beat. You know, he's not going to let that victory happen. He's not going to let the entire school day, the entire class get thrown off track. So after she storms out of the class, he just looks up and goes, well, that certainly feels better now. And then says, open your books to this page and obviously a couple people laugh and he's instantly like i said open your books to this page and everybody immediately starts to open it up dude and he just goes about teaching the class like absolutely nothing happened didn't miss a beat didn't spend the rest of the day talking about it you know wasting his time dealing with it nope just straight to teaching which is honestly probably the most gangster way you can handle it if you're the teacher in that situation literally make somebody rage quit by just like staying calm the entire time they're pissed and then when they leave be like anyways back to what we were doing you want to talk about earning the respect of everybody else in there dude if you were a troublemaker before you're sitting there like dog that guy just handled that with so much grace he didn't even get mad there's no way i control this dude anymore everybody else that was about to start trying to flex on the teacher was like never mind that's gonna backfire and usually in these stories the kid ends up getting you know their parents involved they end up getting mad at the teacher and most schools kind of work like that but i guess at this school it didn't really work like that to the point where she ended up getting in trouble for leaving class early had to write a two-page essay about like you know why it's wrong to disrespect your class and then apologize and read it in front of everybody that had to have been embarrassing dude having to hop up in front of everyone my actions when i stormed out of the class were inappropriate you know and on top of it the family went to norway and she got to stay so she wouldn't miss school dude honestly good on the parents for not rewarding that type of behavior with a trip out of the country you know oh you want to call people poor and think that my money is your money you know i guess you're not going to norway anymore unless you can find a way to pay for the plane ticket Alright, so working at the movie theater was a, a pretty cool job. I mean, I got a lot of stories from it, but for the most part, day-to-day, -day, it was chill. And, uh, I didn't really like working the concession stand personally. I would much rather have just cleaned theaters. I didn't really like dealing with people. I didn't like having to scoop the popcorn. I don't know why I chose to work at a movie theater. It's kind of like all you gotta do. But, you know, I, I didn't hate it. I could do it. I could talk to people fine. And one day I walked in and saw that was where I was assigned, was to be working the concession stand. So I go up there and uh, all my coworkers are like, dude, today has been insane. It's been so busy. Uh, there was a new movie coming out. I can't remember what it was. It was a Marvel movie of some sort. Those all kind of blur together. But whenever it was a Marvel movie opening weekend, it was basically the most chaotic scene you could ever imagine to happen in a movie theater. Just like the lobby so full of people, people are shoulder to shoulder. For whatever reason, 85% of people that come to comic book movies are fine, but 15% just decide not to shower, so the lobby starts to smell a little weird. But, you know, it is what it is. You just kind of got to deal with it. And so I'm working through this rush and I'm not really recognizing customers anymore. Not that I ever would recognize them. 
But I'm just on autopilot. Like, my mom could have walked in and ordered something from me, and I would have just been like, okay, large popcorn, got it, gone and got it. Like, I was just an autopilot. And uh, I had hung out with a friend from my school a couple times, and he happened to live with one of his cousins. And so I had spent time with this guy like two or three times because I was hanging out with his cousin. I didn't know him very well. It wasn't like, you know, we had been besties forever. But I guess he had come in, stood in line, got to my line, and I didn't recognize him. Probably because I didn't spend a lot of time with the guy and it was really busy. So I'm just like, hey, what can I get you? And he just looks at me and goes, do you know who I am? And I'm like, no, I don't know who you are, but what can I get you? And he seems a little bit offended because he was with his like his date. And he goes, no, he knows me. He's just messing with you. And I wasn't trying to be mean. I just didn't really recognize the dude. He looked different. He had grown out his facial hair. So like he just did not look the same. And so I was like, I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm not trying to mess with you. Like, what can I get you? And the only reason I was not pretending to roll with it and just kind of being like, oh, yeah, you is because it was going to take forever to roll with it. And there was a line out the door. So I'm like, I don't got time to pretend that I know you, bro. Just like, tell me what you want. And he goes, oh, I'm Dunada's cousin. And I look at him and I can kind of recognize him after that. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, what's up, bro? Like, good to see you. And he's like, yeah, can we get two large popcorns and a couple drinks and candy? And this man starts an insane order. And I'm like, oh, okay, I mean, you're going to be spending a lot of money. That's cool. Uh, I would not personally be buying snacks at the movie theater. Even after I worked at a movie theater, zero out of ten would not pay for anything at the movie theater except popcorn because it's just going to be fresh. Yes, it's overpriced, too. Popcorn's so much cheaper at home. Yeah, I Alright, but like candy and stuff, just sneak it into the movie theater. Are you kidding me? You're going to pay $27 for a bag of M&M's? Okay. I worked there and I wouldn't have done that. And that's do that is how they make all their money. That is do how they make their money. What was I trying to say? That is how they make their money. Like they don't really make a lot of money off ticket sales. Most of it's made off of selling you crap. But anyways, I, I'm on a rant now. Uh, this guy comes and just gets a huge order, like probably well over $130. And so I go and get it all, and I bring it back, and I'm like, all right, that'll be uh, $130 and like 80 cents, whatever it ended up being. And he looks at me, and he goes, yeah, you're going to help me out, though, right? And I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to help you out? And he goes, well, we go way back. And, like, I don't know. I wouldn't call it way back, but I don't want to be the one to tell them we don't go way back because that's just awkward. Somebody's, like, talking to you. Oh, man, you're my best friend. I just really think you're the coolest. You're the the closest person in my life. And you're, like, don't know them that well. You're probably just going to be quiet and not say anything. You're not going to go, actually... So whatever, he's talking about how we go way back, so I should help him out, and even if we did go way back, I don't know what you would really like me to do. I can use my employee discount, sure, but there's no way I'm going to be able to use it on an order of this size, and you're not even like my family, and I'm not supposed to do it for my friends, like I would do it sometimes. But it's not like it was what I was supposed to do, so I'm not just going to do it for this guy. So I tell him, I'm like, yo, I can't do anything. My manager's been really strict about it. I don't want to get fired, so I can't help you out. And he gets a little angry with me, and he's like, come on, man. I know you can do something. Like, help me out. I, I can't afford this. And at that point, I get mad because I'm like, dude, like, if you can't afford it, why did you get it all? Nobody cares if you can't get eight bags of candy, three large popcorns, nine sodas, and like... A theater. You're going to just buy the whole theater while you're at it. I don't care that you can't afford it, but why did you make me go get it if you can't pay for it? 
So I'm irritated, and I tell him, well, if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't have ordered it, which I think is pretty fair. I don't think there's anything that wrong with that statement. And he goes, well, I thought you were going to be a good friend and help me out. And at that point, people are starting to, like, look over because he's starting to get a little heated. So th there's eyeballs our direction. And so I don't want to cause drama, and I'm like, listen, I can't help you out. If you want me to put some stuff back, that's fine. If we need to, like, take stuff off so you can afford it, that's cool. And then he gets mad and he's like, are you saying that I'm broke? No, you did. You said you were broke. I don't care what you can afford or can't afford at the movie theater. You picked out all of this stuff and then went, I can't afford it. I'm saying I'm not going to help you pay for it. So therefore, I'll take stuff off so it costs less. You're calling me broke? I, I mean, technically, yes, but not something that you didn't say first. Hey, man, I have no money. Oh, you have no money? Dude, why would you say that? Obviously, though, it's becoming a little bit of a scene, and his date does not want to be having a scene, and I can't blame her. Who wants to be here for this? You're hanging out with somebody, and they just start getting into some, like, insanely petty argument saying that they can't afford all the stuff that they just picked out. You're like, please stop, please stop, please stop. But she says, like, hey, it's fine. Let's just go watch the movie. I'm not hungry. I don't need any of it. Let's go. And she looks at me and says, I'm sorry. And I just said something, not even trying to be smart. Like, all I said was, it's cool, enjoy the movie. And apparently he thought that was me being passive-aggressive, and I wasn't. I was saying, it's cool, go enjoy the movie. Because he starts yelling at me that I'm ruining his date, and it's going to be my fault if he doesn't get a second date, and... I better be prepared for his cousin to not be my friend anymore because I'm ruining his date. And listen, dude, I'm not in charge of you getting a second date, like, because I was going to be the guy to serve you popcorn. If she didn't like you, that's on me. I, I just don't really understand, I guess. She's definitely not going to like you after this. Yeah, everything was fine on our first date until we got to the movie theater, and he just started freaking out over literally everything, man. Anyways, he's ranting about how I'm ruining his date, so I stop him and I say, Hey, I'm not trying to ruin your date. I don't want to be involved in your date. Just go watch the movie. It's cool. You don't got to worry about it. And he goes, Well, give me the, my stuff that I ordered. And I say, I can't give it to you because you didn't pay for it. And almost like Groundhog Day, as if we were just going to sit here and literally do this for the next 60 years until we turn to dust. He goes, well, why can't you help me out? Like, bro, we just went over this. We literally have been through these steps. I'm not going to give it to you for free. I feel like that's such a crappy position to put your friend in, bring a date to where he works, and then say, I can't afford this, help me out. And he's not even my friend. Like, even if my friend did this, I'd be like, well, that's not a very cool move. But uh, I don't really know you, bro. So he's kind of upset, da-da-da-da-da, but his date, like, reluctantly gets him to leave finally and they leave and i help the next person out and they're like what was that guy's problem i'm like i don't know and i think that's going to be the end of it no big deal so they're gone watching the movie and in between like sets of movies they kind of do them so that it'll be like really busy for an hour and then you'll have like two hours while the movies are playing where it's kind of dead to clean everything get everything ready to go for the next rush and then you'll have a chill town so, like, it kind of works in a cycle. And so if you see somebody walking out during the middle of the downtime, you know that they didn't like the movie, they're leaving, something's happening, and you're not supposed to talk to them or say anything, but you just kind of are aware that, like, oh, okay, what movie did they go see? Like, if I see a bunch of people walking out in the middle of a movie, I just know it's garbage. But whatever, everyone's sitting there cleaning, and I see his date leaving the movie theater without him, and it's only been, like, three minutes. 
So I make a mental note that he might be mad at me for her leaving or whatever. I didn't do anything, but I'm just like preparing for him to come over and start yelling me at me about it because he did earlier. And uh, I'm kind of just doing my thing and I hear someone come out and come over to the, the desk where they take the tickets and they say, hey, we have someone who's causing a problem in the theater. And they say, what theater is it? And they say, it's da-da-da-da-da for the Marvel movie. The guy was arguing with his date and she left and now he's crying in the movie theater. And I'm like, bro, please tell me this is somebody else. Please tell me somebody else's date left and there's someone else crying in the movie theater because this is just too much. You get into a fight with me. You keep the fight rolling with your date, who there's no reason to fight with, into the movie theater. In the middle of the quiet movie theater, she leaves and you're like, I'm just going to sit here and cry. So whatever, Uh, the managers come over and they ask me and a couple other guys to go check it out. And we're like, okay. So I hop over the counter. We start going to the theater. We go in. And before we even get around to like being able to see where the seats are, we hear someone being like, I hate this theater. And we're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a crapshoot. So we come around the corner and uh, the oldest guy that was like in the group of workers that was coming in had a little flashlight and he shines it. Sure enough, my friend's cousin is sitting sitting there just yelling, crying, like snotty-nosed crying about how he hates this theater and we ruined his date. And listen, I don't know why he thinks we ruined his date, but I'm going to give all of you some advice. No one wants to be argued with in a movie theater, especially on a date. I don't think people go on a date to try to argue. I don't think it's like, oh, I love dating because I just get to fight with everyone. No, I don't think that's on the list. And you don't want to fight with anyone in a movie theater. And I feel like if, like, my date walked out. Hypothetically, I'm on a date. I'm at the movie theater. She leaves. I'm just going to go home. I'm not going to sit there in that movie theater with all these people. Bruh, they just watched my date walk out after we got into a giant argument. I'm supposed to just sit there and pretend everything's all good. He didn't even sit there and pretend everything's all good. He started freaking out. Like, did you think all the strangers in this movie theater were going to go, Oh my gosh, run after her into the hallway. Don't leave. He's so sweet. The flashlight hits him and he's like, what do you want? And the worker that I'm with, the guy with the flashlight says, um... You have to leave, you know, you're causing problems, we've gotten too many complaints, I'm gonna have to escort you out. And he says that he's not gonna leave this movie theater because he paid for the ticket. And we would get this a lot, people on their cell phones, people that were just being nuisances, like, I'm not leaving, I paid. And thankfully, there's this pre-roll before the movie starts that's like, hey, just so you know, we have the right to kick you out at any time, da-da-da-da-da. So the guy I'm with gives him that spiel, and he's like, well, I'm not leaving. And at this point, what you were supposed to do, and like, normal workers couldn't do it, but people in his position, managers could, was to tell them, that's okay, then from henceforth, I'm letting you know that you're trespassing, and I'm gonna call the cops to remove you from trespassing. So he says that to him and he's like, you would call the cops on me for crying in the theater? And everyone else in the theater at that point that's trying to watch the movie but has this guy crying just goes, yes! And he's like, screw you guys! And he gets up and leaves, probably realizing that uh, no one was on his side. And he left the theater. And so he leaves. And uh, the rest of the day is pretty uneventful. And I keep, like, checking my phone, waiting for my friend to text me and be like, bro, what happened with my cousin? But it doesn't happen. And so uh, a couple days later, I'm at school and I see my friend and I say, hey, dude, I'm really sorry about what happened with your cousin. And he goes, listen, 
I'm really sorry. Every time that guy goes out in public, he goes to a store, he goes to an event or something, he finds a way to get into fights with the workers. I don't know if it's like a subconscious thing, a conscious thing, if he just tries to like arguing to look cool or something, but he apologizes to me saying the reason his cousin's always hanging out at his house is because no one likes going places with him because he always does this. Which I don't know what's up with that, bro. I don't know what type of therapy you need if you just feel a need to argue with the manager every where you are. Uh, I'm at the beach and I'm pissed because there's no management in nature. I don't know. I feel like arguing with the manager is the crappiest thing. If I have to argue with the manager, then like you basically have to be giving me the worst service of all time. If I'm going to get into it with the manager, nine times out of 10, if the service is bad, I'll just leave. As for the work side of things, uh, the guy who kicked him out thankfully saw it all and was like, nah, that was really crazy and absurd because otherwise they might have been like, what did you do to him when he was getting popcorn? I don't know, man. I just wanted him to pay for it. Today I've got a story time that was sent in to me about a kid who was hanging out at the skate park and uh, almost ended up throwing hands with an emo kid who thought he was the coolest dude of all time. You know, just one of those guys who thinks he's the uh, modern day equivalent of a Spartan, but also emo, just an interesting combination. Anyways, the guy that sent this in to me was a regular at the skate park and he would go basically every day after school. And because of that, he kind of got to know everybody else that would be at the park regularly. And for the most part, the park was very, very peaceful and there was never really any issues. No one ever stole anything. No one really fought. Up until this day, he thought it was actually one of the better skate parks he'd ever been at in terms of like the community of people that would skate there. But on this particular day, he showed up and there was a group that he had never seen before. And you know, he didn't think much of it at first because who cares? It's a skate park. People can be there that you've never seen before. It wasn't weird that people were there, but it was just like five or six emo dudes sitting on the grind box near the entrance, just kind of sitting there. No one was skating. And he thought that was kind of weird that a group of like six people were just sitting here. He didn't even see any skateboards, but they're just kind of sitting on the main box. So not all of his friends were there yet. And obviously like not thinking much of it, he just kind of started skating, wasn't that worried about it and was just blowing time until his friends got there. But as he's skating around, just warming up a bit, he can't help but shake the feeling that like he's being watched, you know, it feels like something's just kind of creepily looking at him. So he starts to look around and he realizes that every single emo kid is staring at him, dude, like a pack of owls. Imagine just looking into the tree line and seeing seven owls sitting there all staring at you. It's just a very creepy feeling. And like literally, they are staring at him so hard that as he's skating, their heads are like turning and following him along. So he kind of is just cruising around the park trying to lose their eyesight. But sure enough, every time he comes back up, they're just still staring at him. And he's getting a weird vibe, but he didn't want to say anything because there's one of him and like six of them. So if they are staring at him for a reason, like beating him up, it's not like he's going to go over there and initiate it. And at that point, a few of his friends ended up showing up and, you know, they walked over to him and they started talking for a little bit. And sure, the staring was weird, but as soon as his friends showed up, they had kind of stopped staring at him, so he thought it was over. Maybe they were just watching him skate, you know? So he just kind of forgot about it after his friends showed up and they were talking for a bit and the staring had stopped. And him and his friends are kind of talking about the day, whatever, before anyone skating again for like five minutes. And during that time, something that was a little bit odd is like none of the emo kids had skated at all. And at this point, he's starting to think 
think that these dudes had literally just come to the skate park to sit at the box and like stare at everyone. And even one of his friends that had just showed up was like, hey, it's a little weird that none of those dudes have skated, right? But you know, once again, it's a skate park and at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter who's there. And I guess, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to the skate park without a skateboard. It's just a little weird to just sit there and stare at everyone, not say anything and have like eight of you at the skate park with no skateboard. Yeah, that's a little weird, but it's not like it's illegal or anything. So they just kind of try to brush it off. Anyways, at this point, I got to give you guys a little bit of the layout of the skate park. All right. So the box that all these emo kids were sitting on was near the bottom of the stair set in the skate park, not near the bottom to the point where like, if you went down the stairs, you were going to crash into an army of emo kids. But you know, it was close enough to the bottom of the stairs where they could easily watch anyone doing a trick down it. And it just so happened that this particular stair set they were sitting by was what the subscriber was wanting to skate on that day. The day before, he had been trying to kickflip down it and just hadn't really landed it in a way that he liked landing it, so he was going to do it again, and decided that since it was a new day, he was just going to do that trick over and over again until he got it down. And so he just kind of accepts the fact that, like, all of the emo kids are going to be staring at him, and sure enough, when he skates over to the stairs just to give it a little run-up and see if everything's all good, make sure there's nothing at the bottom of the stairs or anything, but when he goes over, sure enough, the entire pack of emo kids starts staring at him like the owl from the Tootsie Pop commercial. How many licks to the center of the Tootsie Pop? Yeah, no, it's just a pack of owls staring at him creepily, no emotion on their face, but there's just like eight of them. Regardless, he decides, oh well, they can watch if they want, I'm still gonna try the trick, they weren't gonna stop him, and you know, he wasn't gonna say anything, because technically they were just staring, it wasn't that weird. So he goes back, gets some speed, runs up to the stairs, and the first try, you know, he's pretty close to landing it, but the board slides out from under him. And at that point, the emo kids make the first noise that they've made the entire time they've been at the skate park, and they start literally laughing at him. Keep in mind, these are the dudes that are at the skate park with no skateboards, and they're laughing at someone who's trying to do a trick down a stair set. You know, sure, I'm understanding that a kickflip is not like the most insane trick of all time, but being able to throw it downstairs, catch it, and roll out, I mean, it's definitely better than someone who's never ridden a skateboard before. And one of the emo kids shouts out something about how, like, he really sucks at skating or something like that, and the subscriber decides that he's just going to ignore it. He didn't want to give them a reaction, he knew the entire situation was kind of weird, so he's like, whatever, okay, I guess I didn't land the trick, I'm just going to keep going until I do. And honestly, I'm going to give the dude credit for staying calm, at that point I probably would have been like, why are you weirdos here just staring at everyone? But the fact that they were, like, laughing at him saying he sucked, he was starting to get pissed off. He ignored it this time, but obviously in his mind, he's like, okay, if they say something again, I'm going to say something back. Anyways, he just kind of brushes it off and goes back up to uh, the top of the stair set to try again. And this time he goes, gets a little bit more speed and starts running up to the stairs again. And as he's running up to the stairs, one of the emo kids, the one that had screamed that he sucked, runs out and stops right in front of the bottom of the stairs. And it's like a little bit too late. He's already got too much speed. He's too close to the stair set. And he He's already like bending down into the position to do the trick. Like, you know how you kind of got to bend your knees a little bit and get low to pop the board up. So it's just too late. So he sends it. And as soon as he gets into the air, he kicks the board out. So that way it won't hit this guy. So it goes sliding off to the left. But he at that point is already in the air. So he just kind of keeps going and he smashes into the dude at the bottom of the stairs. And obviously he's got a little bit of force behind him because like, you know, he's falling down a path of stairs 
stairs that for some reason you ran out into the bottom of. But as soon as he smacks into him, he hears the entire group of emo kids start yelling like, what's wrong with you, bro? Why would you hit him? What's your issue? And the subscriber jumps up from like running into the guy and falling over off the bottom of the stairs and is like, dude, that's not my fault. You guys are mad at me. Why is he just like running out into my path? Like, what is your guys's problem? Are you guys for real? You're seriously going to blame me for that? Because let's be honest, if the guy would have just not ran out into the front of the stairs, there would be no reason for him to have been hit by the dude falling down the stairs. Like, seriously, you obviously know what Tricky's trying to do because you just saw him do it and laughed at him. Why in the world are you going to run out to the bottom of the stairs you just saw him jumping down? And at that point, the emo kid that had ran out to the bottom of the stairs pops up and he shoves the subscriber from behind and is like, bro, what's your issue, man? Why would you hit me? And at that point, he's like, all right, I guess we're going to fight. You know, you guys are being weird. Now you're going to shove me and like try to turn this into some big issue. So he turns around to the emo kid that had just shoved him and reaches his hand back to hit the emo kid. And at that point, he just like, you know, sees out of the corner of his eye the entire group of them coming over to him. And so he yells out, hey guys, I need help. So his friends start coming over to him. And like, you know, obviously this had kind of thrown off the punch because there's all this stuff going on. So his friends get there and like shield their leader. I don't know if it's their leader. The emo kid that had just gotten knocked out. They like shield him like a group of bodyguards clad in Hot Topic gear. You know, for a group of people that apparently hate their lives, they were doing a dang good job of protecting it. They seriously could have been a security detail for an ambassador or something the they like shroud this dude and so at that point there's kind of the two groups facing off because his friends get there and the emo kid that he had hit you know that had shoved him is now going absolutely insane. Keep in mind, the punch that the dude was going to throw didn't even get out because all of his buddies got there and, like, shielded him from it. So there's no reason for him to be going insane. He's just shoved this dude and ran out in front of him. But obviously, all of his friends are holding him back now, and he's just, like, you know, doing one of those I'm going crazy because I'm being held back and can be super tough. Let go of me, you know, don't hold me back. I will destroy this dude so fast. You think I'm afraid of this loser, you know? I will destroy him if we were to fight right Right now, which is very tough talk for someone being held back. And so the subscriber is like, yeah, bro, you think you would destroy me? You want to shove me and like jump in front of me when I'm doing a trick? Let's go. Like, let's fight. Come on. Tell your friends to let go of you. And his entire crew that's like backing him up, the six emo kids, right, that are holding him back are like, wow, man, please stop escalating the situation. Which, listen, at this point, it's pretty hard to escalate it any further. Obviously, he shoved him. He's now saying that he's going to destroy destroy him. Wow, for some reason the word destroy would not come out of my mouth. What is him saying, okay, let's fight, really escalating the situation any further? You know, I mean, technically, sure, it's escalation, but your friend is the person that launched the first nuke. You can't blame the uh, country that fires two nukes back in that situation, because you fired the nuke in the first place. So, regardless, the subscriber just kind of starts to, like, yell at the dude and be like, dude, you're so mad, but I just got a question for you. Why would you run into my path? You knew what the trick I was doing was. You knew I was going to come down the stairs. Like, why would you run into that path? I just don't understand. And the emo kid who's still being held back by all of his friends is like, yeah, I thought you were a good enough skater to stop, but I guess not, dude. Like, I was trying to test you. Which makes literally no sense, man. You were trying to test him by running into his path at, like, the last second when you know he's trying to do a trick that immediately puts you in the path of being hit. That just sounds like being stupid with extra steps, you know? Like, this guy really came to the skate park to sit in 
can stare at everyone except for when he can run into the path of someone doing a trick because he's the the skate judge and he decides whether or not you actually have skills based on whether or not you stop before you hit him if anything he's lucky the dude kicked the board out so that didn't smack him in the head could have ended up with like a giant concussion forget his name and what he was trying to do but no at least this dude kicked it out and made them collide instead Regardless, he's still yelling about how his friends should let him go and let him at this skater dude so he can teach him a lesson. And the subscriber is still like, all right, bro, let him go. Let him go. Like, let's do it. If you really think you could beat me up, like, let's go. And so finally, the emo kid's friends are like, okay, do you really want us to let you go? Like, do you guys actually want to fight this out? And the emo kid at this point that uh, has shoved him is salivating, like with anger, like spit flying out of his mouth, like, I will destroy you. And he's like, yeah, let me at him. Let me at him. So they let them go right so now they're both just kind of standing there staring at each other and the emo kid starts talking even more trash he's like i'm about to smack you around like a rag doll you'll be finished when i'm done with you you're never gonna want to show up to this skate park again because i'm about to embarrass you you know just like talking mad crap and so the subscriber's like, all right, let's go, and starts walking up to him to fight, you know, get closer. And so the emo kid drops down into, like, his fighting stance, you know? At least what he, like, thinks is a fighting stance, you know? Uh, he, he obviously believed that this was just the most professional fighting stance of all time that would strike fear into his enemies. The only problem is it's just not very intimidating, which I'm not gonna lie, is very surprising, because the amount of trash that this dude has been talking, you would think that, like, he would have just been secretly a karate master who came to the skate park to start a fight just to show off, you know, a la Cobra Kai. But no, no, no. Instead, what he drops down into is like the old-timey mob boss stance, you know, where they're like rolling their fists and they're down low. Well, what do you say? See? You got a problem with me? I'll knock it right in the kisser. Like, you know the, the fighting style I'm talking about, hopefully. I don't know how else to describe it. The only thing I will say is it leaves your face very open to being punched and, uh, on top of that, you know, it just looks very silly. If people were making fun of that stance in comedy movies in the 1920s, you know that it probably just didn't look that cool. Regardless, he drops into that stance and then, like, takes a step forward and throws a swing at the subscriber. And the subscriber dodges it, which, you know, makes him sound like some type of karate expert, too. But it wasn't really that hard because, you know, he's throwing a punch from basically, like, his waist. So he just kind of stepped out of the way and he threw it with the speed of molasses running down the town. Do you guys know there was actually a town in America one time that got, like, flooded with syrup? Like, I'm talking, like, waves of syrup knocking everything over okay that's off topic anyways though like he just threw a very slow punch so he dodges it and he decides at that point that he's just gonna like tackle him so he drives his shoulder into his stomach which knocks the wind out of him and just kind of like drops him onto the ground and he thinks that's gonna be the end of the fight so he takes a step back and is just kind of like all right let's see what happens thinking the guy's not gonna get back up but he gets back up and takes another swing at him this one was even slower so he just kind of steps out of the way and at this point he doesn't want to like hurt the dude so he decides that he's just gonna slap him he thought a okay it'll kind of show him like all right just stay away from me b it won't hurt him as much as a punch and c it's just also really funny like i feel like it's a very disrespectful move to be in a fight with someone and slap them but it is hilarious it's the equivalent of doing like the take the l dance on someone in fortnite that's an old reference but you know what i'm saying like it's just embarrassing to get slapped so sure enough he goes and just slaps him in the face and uh, obviously the slap is pretty loud and everybody just goes like, oh... 
even this dude's crew went, oh, when the slap happened, right? And the subscriber's friends kind of laugh a little bit at it because it's just funny. But at that point, the emo kid just, like, grabs his face and runs behind his little party and just is, like, standing behind all of his friends now and is just like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And, you know, at that point, the subscriber is just like, all right, it's over. I thought it was going to be over, but I guess at the end of the day, I tackle you and I slap you one time when you try to punch me twice. It is what it is. And at that point, the little emo crew goes and like is getting their things to leave and he kind of feels bad because like he doesn't think that they need to leave if they just want to hang out at the skate park it's fine you know obviously just don't jump in front of him and then push him and like try to start a fight with him you know that was kind of all that was settled with that so he decides that like he's going to go over with his friends and just tell them that they don't have to leave so they go over and they're like hey guys you know I understand that we got in a fight but just so you guys know like you don't have to leave like it's not like it's a big deal we don't own the skate park so you know if you guys want to stay you're more than welcome to all right guys if you're uh, still watching if you could please click the like button i'd appreciate it it helps the video do better and let's get back to the video in their response to them being like no it's all chill the beef is squashed just saying that you know we don't skate anyways we just knew that if we came here someone would mess with us and start a problem eventually someone would shame us you know and the subscriber's mad confused so he's like dude no one shamed you he just ran into my way and then shoved me we don't care about you you know like obviously the entire interaction was a little bit bizarre but it's not like they cared they weren't looking to start a problem with this group of kids at the skate park they had started the issue not the other way around and then the emo group says something that makes no sense they're like well if anything you should be the ones to leave because you believe in violence and him and his friends the subscriber are just confused because it's like uh what your friend was the person that was acting rabid being held back by like six people and then got slapped one time and started crying and ran behind the rest of the group and now you're all leaving it's not like the guy, you know, threw himself down the stairs, ran into your friend, picked up his skateboard, and started smacking him like the Mario Hammer power-up. This is basically the equivalent of, like, you know those dash cam videos where people will walk up to a car that's, like, driving, you know, and throw themselves on the hood to pretend they got hit by it? That's basically what's going on right now. So, you know, the subscriber and his friends are like, okay, if that's how you guys want to be, then, you know, we're not leaving. We're going to keep skating at the skate park because we have... Have skateboards but obviously we don't own the skate park so do whatever you guys want to do you know they're not trying to escalate the issue quoting them from earlier they're just like all right whatever you guys have this weird opinion on this so do whatever you want to do but no pressure and at that point the emo kids like bury their heels in and they're like no there's no way we can share the skate park either you leave or we leave and uh, the subscriber and his friends look at each other and then say, well, if that's the case, then uh, all right, bye. Like, I don't even understand what the emo kids were trying to say with that, okay? First of all, you guys aren't skating at the skate park, so you should be the ones to leave. And also, you know, why would they leave? They are literally trying to make peace with you guys and you're not accepting it. And on top of that, you know, not that like violence is the answer, it's not. I don't advocate for that. That being said, bro, if you are like two groups, right? 
right? And your groups fight. And one of you ends up crying and running away and then, like, doesn't even land a punch. And one of the two groups has to go. I feel like the group that got beat up just kind of has to leave. You know? Like, I, I just, you know? What, are they supposed to be afraid of a rematch or something? This is just an insanely weird situation. And the subscriber and his friends are just really confused because it didn't have to escalate at all. Like, it didn't have to be weird. It was this group's insistence on keeping making it weirder and weirder. I mean, honestly, the emo crew could have literally prevented all of this, but at every single point just made it even weirder. It went from, like, a normal day to basically the skate park equivalent of a bench-clearing brawl for nothing. Like, if you wanted to just sit at the skate park and hang out, you could have. You could have just not ran in the way of the dude. You could have apologized for running into the way of the dude and, like, not shoved him. And then, you know, you could have just been like, ah, whatever, it's water under the bridge. But no, at every turn, it just got weirder. Anyways, they go back to packing their stuff, and at this point, the guy and his friends are just kind of watching them pack up their stuff, and they go to leave the skate park, and as they're leaving, the kid that he had gotten into the fight with turns around, points at the subscriber, who, you know, had slapped him, and says, like, next time I see you, I'm gonna beat you into a pulp, you coward. And listen, man, I understand wanting to have the last word. I understand wanting to be, like, the guy that has the cool saying or whatever. That being said, dude, if you just cried after this guy slapped you, I don't think you have much room to be talking about next time I'm gonna beat you up. Like, what, do you think he's gonna be afraid of a rematch after he literally dodged two of your punches and slapped you? I'm just saying, man, I feel like talking trash at this point is doing more to embarrass yourself than it is making you look tough. But at that point, the subscriber just decides to mess with this dude for talking trash and, like, goes to skate over to him. And he's not skating fast, he's not even saying anything back. He just gets on his board and starts skating over there. And as soon as he starts skating over there, the emo kid's reaction was, again, just nuts for somebody that had just said he's gonna beat this dude to a pulp. He turns to his little gang of emo kids and yells out, like, RUN! He's skating! after us run and him and the entire crew look back and then just start sprinting out of the skate park like literally all of them are in a full-blown sprint to get away from this dude keep in mind he's not even trying to catch up with them he literally just skated that direction to see what they would do and mess with them so obviously the subscriber starts laughing because these dudes are just freaking out and running as fast as humanly possible away from someone that's like not even really a threat at all and so he goes back to his friends and they walk over to the fence where they can kind of see down the road a little bit and they just watch these emo kids keep sprinting for like an insanely long time like at least a quarter of a mile to the end of the road where there's this traffic light which is a pretty far run, especially considering the fact that he wasn't skating after them and chasing them. Like, alright, I guess it's not that far to run if there's actually some dude skating after you who's crazy with a baseball bat. Like, yeah, you better be able to run a quarter mile. But I'm just flabbergasted that the entire group ran that far as fast as possible without a single person looking back. Like, you would think at that point the odds of someone looking back would just happen, but, you know, I guess not. Anyways, at the skate park, they just kind of go about their business for a few more hours skating, goofing around, but eventually they decide to go home. So they just 
start walking out of the park to skate back home, and as they're walking out of the park, a minivan kind of tears into the parking lot. And so everyone kind of looks, because it's obviously a weird sight to see a minivan tear into the parking lot, and as it tears into the parking lot, the door opens, and like two water balloons get tossed out. Neither one of them are accurate and hit anyone there, but like as soon as they pop, they just hear uh, a voice yell, Oh, that's for earlier losers. We told you we'd get payback. Keep in mind, they literally missed the water balloons. And, you know, on top of it, a minivan, bro? Like, I guess pulling up and throwing water balloons is scary, but on top of it, you're trying to intimidate someone in the most mom car possible. And even then, it just further goes to show that you guys took this way more serious than them, because if they really pulled up as soon as they left the skate park, that means that these dudes had to have just been waiting in the minivan for an extended period of time, just waiting for them to leave with the water balloons, and at no point decided it was a very lame idea. Like, they went back home and were like, okay, we need a plan for revenge. I know, let's hit them with water balloons. Filled up the water balloons, hopped into Jake's mom's minivan, and then just, like, went and sat for four hours watching people skate like what bro what is what is going on that makes you more weird after they had yelled out that that was payback for earlier though the same minivan then peeled back out of the parking lot you know they didn't stick around to see what would happen so they were just really going for the surprise attack and fleeing and uh yeah none of the skaters or anyone was really that pressed about it because they didn't get hit by the water balloon if anything they were just more confused that they had really taken the time to come back and do that i feel like it's almost flattering like when beef is extremely one-sided it has to be complimentary to the person that the beef is with you know like imagine being a 40 year old man and someone walks up to you in walmart and they're like huh i bet you remember me and you're like who are you and they go off about how when you were in first grade you tagged them and you know they tagged you back but you said no tag backsies which was against the rules and ever since then they've hated you and you're like bro that's kind of weird because I still don't know who you are I don't remember that like you know that's the equivalent of this they really spent their entire day hatching up a plan for revenge on a bunch of people that weren't thinking about them bro but uh yeah that'll do it for the video be sure to press the like button if you enjoyed you know slap the like button so hard that it cries or something I would appreciate it it helps the video do better and if you made it this far you should also go ahead and comment the word uh i don't know let's do poop sock down below if you have a poop sock or you made it to the end of the video either or be sure to comment poop sock down there it helps the video do better and uh yeah other than that if you really really want to help me out i do post the audio versions of these story times on spotify for you guys to enjoy so feel free to check that out link will be in the description and one last thing i went ahead and made a playlist here on youtube of some of my favorite videos that uh, i've released this year so far so if you want a playlist to listen to while you do homework or whatever that'll also be in the bottom of the description so give it a listen if you want but yeah on that note guys that'll actually do it for the video don't get anyone pregnant if you do make sure they are hot and hopefully i will see each and every single one of you guys next time i'm out peace all right we meet again anyways guys as i said this was a story time that was sent into me by a subscriber and this particular subscriber had one of the classes where he sat in like the table made out of desks where you kind of are all facing each other and it's a group of four people and you know he didn't really know the people he sat with too well but obviously whenever there was a group where they were together and the teacher came in on this particular day and said all right guys instead of the normal you know book lesson today I've decided to do something fun and I've organized a scavenger hunt for you guys to do today now you know I haven't been in school for a bit so like maybe things have changed but that being said I feel like a scavenger hunt is a pretty fun way to spend the school day you know compared to 
compared to like doing worksheets in a classroom i feel like having a teacher go out of his way to set up a scavenger hunt and then you know let you guys do it, it's a pretty cool teacher move it beats sitting in a class all day apparently though that's not the universal opinion because one of the people at this subscribers table that we're gonna name gerald for the rest of this story time was apparently disgusted by scavenger hunts all right think of something really disgusting you know a, a tomato with some mold on it your grandma's feet whatever it is you need to think of to maybe dry retch a little bit that's how disgusted gerald was at the fact that his teacher even suggested that he do this scavenger hunt all right which to me makes no sense i didn't realize that people hated scavenger hunts with a burning passion regardless gerald kind of blurts out you're gonna make me do what i, I don't want to do that that's so stupid why would i want to spend any of my time doing a scavenger hunt that's not what school is about i'm gonna learn nothing from this what's the point of being a teacher if you're not going to teach and he's just going on this rant about how you know this teacher is lazy for getting or setting up a scavenger hunt which i feel like is the exact opposite of of what a person would be to go out of their way to set up a scavenger hunt and on top of that he's yelling how he's not gonna learn anything from this and this is terrible and obviously everyone else in the classroom is confused and looking at him like what is wrong with you that's such a random thing to say and on top of that everybody else in the class wants to do the scavenger hunt to avoid doing normal classwork usually people don't get mad about the fact that they're not going to have to sit in a class doing boring stuff you know usually the scavenger hunt is appreciated but whatever Gerald kind of does his rant in the teacher's looking at him kind of letting him finish and after he stops yelling the teacher is like look the scavenger hunt is the assignment for the day it is what it is Gerald you know if you really hate scavenger hunts that much and you despise it then you're more than welcome not to participate in the scavenger hunt but you're gonna get a zero on the assignment because it is for a grade so if you really hate it that much you know you despise it by all means you're more than welcome to protest the assignment and take a zero but if you want a good grade then you just have to do the scavenger hunt it is what it is that's what you're doing today and before anyone's like wow the teacher was mean for saying that no he wasn't dude imagine you went out of your way to organize a scavenger hunt instead of a boring assignment and then gerald started freaking out would you cancel all your hard work no you'd be like gerald deal with it you know you don't always want to play the board game clue but guess what you are today it's scavenger hunt time you know if you want to take a zero that's your decision regardless though the teacher said that the rest of the class kind of assumed that it was over with gerald would just do it and get it done with but but uh, I guess in Gerald's mind, that was more of a challenge than anything because he replies to the teacher and is like, I'm going to make you regret making me do the scavenger hunt, which is probably the weirdest threat that that teacher has ever heard in his life. As far as things that you expect to be like threatened with, you know, hey, give me my money or you're going to regret it. Like that's a little bit normal. If you make me participate in this scavenger hunt for a grade, then you're going to regret it. Has to be up there as one of the least threatening threats ever made. And the teacher, obviously not intimidated by Gerald being like, if you make me do this, then you'll regret it. Looks at Gerald and says, you know what? I'll take my chances. If you end up uh, making me regret it, then so be it. Obviously, by the end of this story time, maybe the teacher would have regretted it a little bit, but I don't blame him for saying it in that moment. Because as a teacher, you can't let a kid punk you like that and on top of it he didn't know that gerald was insanely nuts and meant it whatever at that point the class kind of quiets down and the teacher goes about handing out this worksheet that's for the scavenger hunt you know and basically the instructions were that you needed to go around the school find
find the answers to these questions with your group, which was the table you were with, and, you know, write them down and turn it back in by the end of the class period, and if most groups didn't finish, they would continue it the next day. Pretty simple instructions, you know, nothing that wild, but the one thing that everybody is kind of like crap about at this particular table that sits with Gerald is the fact that, you know, Gerald is now in their group and they have to do the scavenger hunt with him. Anyways, the subscriber is like, all right, awesome, I'm in a group with Gerald, this is gonna suck, because we're gonna have to go around and do this scavenger hunt that's for a grade, and he's just gonna complain the entire time. And before they even have a chance to talk about it, Gerald just starts going off about how they're gonna have to do it on their own, because he's not gonna help them, he thinks this is a stupid assignment, so, you know, even though he's in their group, he's not going to help, blah 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 blah. And the subscriber in his mind is like, this is exactly why I was not stoked about being in a group with Gerald, as I knew he was gonna do this. And so him and the rest of the group are kind of like, all right, Gerald, that's fine. You don't have to help us. That's okay. But we're not going to let you get credit for our work unless you help, you know, which to me is pretty standard. If you decide to opt out of the group project and not do anything, then like, we're just going to drop your name from the group project. You get a zero. We don't. But I guess in Gerald's mind, how dare they even suggest that? He was sitting at their table. So by default, it just meant that he instantly had to get credit for all the work that he was protesting doing. (laughs) What? Just because I don't want to do it means that I don't deserve the credit for it? Are you serious? Like, I thought this was a teamwork thing. You guys would really do a teammate that bad? I mean, I don't know if he's self-aware enough, but the words, just because I don't want to do it means I don't deserve the credit, came out of his mouth. It's like, I mean, uh, kinda. Anyways, he's kind of going off about how, like, he deserves to get credit for it, even if he doesn't help because he's sitting there. And one of the other people at the table interrupts him and says, listen, what you said earlier, that's exactly what we mean. If we're gonna do all the work, you don't get any of the credit. That seems fair to everybody here but you. Which everybody else kind of agreed on, and Gerald was like, you guys agree with him about this? and they both individually were like, yeah, I think it's insane that you expect us to do all the work and you to get all the credit when you're not going to do anything. That's insane. That's just not how this uh, this little game is played, big dog. You got to at least try to help with the group project. Maybe you take the man in the van status. You know how every superhero has the man in the van leading him on the map? Maybe that's your position on the scavenger hunt. But yeah, you got to do something, you know? And when they tell him that like he's not going to get any credit unless he does the work, dude, Gerald's face just contorts into some like the look of someone who just smells something horrible imagine you just found out that like rotting eggs have been in your fridge for a month via scent like you're smelling it for the first time just disgust you just found out grandpa's a con artist you're just sad and you know gerald after like making the stink face starts to talk about well i'll have you know that the idea of working and walking around the school doesn't really make me comfortable so i'd really prefer if you guys did all the work Because, you know, it would just really, really not be nice of you guys to put me in a position where I'd be uncomfortable, right? You know, oh yeah, does the idea of walking around the school and working make you uncomfortable so you can't do it? At that point, the subscriber is getting annoyed, so he looks at Gerald and he's like, yeah, it doesn't make me comfortable either. Do you really feel like I want to be running around the school doing a scavenger hunt? Sometimes you just gotta do a scavenger hunt that you don't wanna do, man. And if you don't wanna do it, that's fine. I guess that is your choice, but then you gotta take the zero. Like, I'm not gonna do all the work for you, Gerald. You fought with the teacher. He's making you do it. We're going to make you do it too. There's no way that you're going to get credit for this unless you come help. 
And so the subscriber kind of yells at him for a little bit, something along those lines, everything I just said. And Gerald starts to go on an unhinged rant about how the subscriber and the teacher have to be in cahoots to make him angry today and make him embarrass himself, which is hilarious to me, dude. Imagine the teacher walking up to the subscriber who sent this to me before class and they're like, all right, you know, we all know that Gerald hates scavenger hunts. Like the mere mention of a scavenger hunt makes him want to punch a baby. So let's just troll him and make him do a scavenger hunt like I don't think the teacher thought that far ahead it's not normal for people to hate scavenger hunts with such a passion regardless the subscriber tells him like Gerald there's no conspiracy going on here all right me and the teacher didn't meet up and talk about how to make you angry all that I'm saying is that I don't want to do all your work because you're too lazy to do it it's annoying you know like no amount of you saying you don't want to do the scavenger hunt is gonna make us do it and then put your name on it quit being lazy and just decide to do it and obviously that's all this boils down to is him being lazy, right? He just doesn't want to go do the scavenger hunt. But Gerald can't take that. No, no, no. So he just starts another rant about how, like, if everyone thinks he's lazy, then he's going to do something that'll make the entire school know that he's not lazy. And they'll just have to wait and see what he decides to do. But they're going to regret calling him lazy. And he goes to run off away from the group. I think in his mind, you know, it was going to be this big mysterious, like, (gasps) where did Gerald go? He ran away from the group. The only problem was Gerald wasn't exactly like speed racer out here and so he tries to run off quickly it's very not quick because a he runs slow and on top of that the run just kind of looks funny and so they're kind of watching him run away from the group because they called him lazy and now he's going to like get revenge on the school or something and they see him run up the stairs and into the bathroom kind of like on the upper level of their courtyard above the lunchroom and they're like all right i guess if that's going to teach us a lesson that's fine at least he's not bugging us anymore and for the most part they just assume that he had gone to like sit in the bathroom for the rest of class and ignore them and just not really deal with it so they're like all right it's just one less annoying thing we have to deal with let's go do the scavenger hunt so they start walking around the school doing the assignment the way that they were expected to and they get it done pretty quickly mainly because Gerald's not there to be complaining and yelling about it the whole time and it wasn't like it was an insanely complex assignment you know it's a scavenger hunt the teacher made so that way most people could do it it's not the national treasure stealing the declaration of independence or anything after about 30 minutes though they're all done and they start walking back to that class to turn everything in but the path that they have to walk on this class they have to go back through the courtyard and past the stairs where Gerald had ran upstairs into those uh, bathrooms above the lunchroom and so that's just like part of their path so they're walking back kind of talking about the assignment and like I said the way it's laid out this is going to start to be important it's basically like a courtyard layout so there's two sets of stairs on either end of the courtyard going up and on either end of the top of those stairs are bathrooms and underneath one bathroom is the lunchroom and underneath one bathroom on the other side is the gymnasium. Well, they come around the corner and they look at the stairs above the lunchroom and when they do, they just see water pouring down those stairs, almost like somebody put a hose at the top to just keep it running. And so obviously they're kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Why does it look like the courtyard is starting to flood? And as they start to pay closer attention, that's when they start to like hear the noise as well from the other side of the courtyard. And as they start to pay attention to the noise, they start looking as well. And they see janitors up like by the doors of the bathroom banging on it saying, open up, open up, turn off the water. You're flooding the school, you know, and like they start to walk over to get a closer look as you do, obviously, whenever there's 
there's a situation like this going on, your first thought isn't, let me go the opposite direction. Like, oh, someone's flooding the bathroom and the janitors are trying to get in and turn it off? This could be interesting to watch. Grab the popcorn. That's more of the reaction I expect. But immediately, this group is like, I bet you Gerald has locked himself in the bathroom and is now trying to flood the school to teach us a lesson. Which, yeah, is about as, as stupid as it sounds, dude. Like, let me get this straight. You didn't like the fact that the teacher gave you a scavenger hunt. So in your brain, you were like, meh, I should flood the school. I mean, whatever floats your boat, Gerald, but that just seems like a little bit of an overreaction. You could have just done the scavenger hunt and, like, gone to the next class an hour later. Now you're just getting yourself in a tricky situation. As they're getting closer to the stairs that are flooding, though, they see how bad it is. There's literally a pool of water on the stairs, the bottom of the stairs. It's running down everywhere. There's, like, a huge pool of water under the door. And it's, like, to the point where they can hear the water running from the bathroom because it's all the sinks, you know, all the toilets. Basically, anything that can flood water is currently clogged and flooding water out of the bathroom that they can't get into and out from under the door is just coming water, right? And so they're kind of standing there watching it and the janitors are trying to get in. And now that they're a little bit closer, they can hear Gerald on the other side of the door laughing like a maniac, being like, I'm not gonna turn off the water! And the janitor's trying to reason with him, like, no, please turn off the water, everything's flooding. And he's, like, giggling at the fact that everything is flooding, saying he's not gonna turn off the water. Honestly, man, some pure evil villain moment. Like, this had to have been Joker's, or Gerald's Joker moment, you know? Like, he didn't get his homework done for free, so he had to flood the school instead. When the janitors are begging you to please stop because they're gonna have to like clean up a flooded school you just start laughing at them for thinking that you were going to stop like that is some straight up joker moment situation right there y'all thought the joker movie was intense you know just wait for the gerald version every actor that does the joker tries to go all like method actor there's no method acting here gerald just is the joker dude anyways i really love just imagining the thought process like he really was just had to have sat there for a moment and decided that flooding school was a good idea. Which, I just don't really understand how you come to that conclusion, dude. Like, okay, you ran away from the group of people you're supposed to do the project with because they don't want to do your work. You're going to teach them a lesson or whatever. You ran into the bathroom. So that's the last time that the subscriber saw him up until this point, right? So after that, he walked into the bathroom and said, mm, Man, nobody's going to do my homework for me. I have to do this stupid scavenger hunt. I hate everything. Life is the worst. Why does nobody want to do all my homework for me? Why can't they just do it? This is ridiculous. I hate it here. And then while he was having that little rant to himself, he looked up, like saw himself in the mirror, right? And straight up out of a cartoon, like the angel and devil popped up on his shoulder. The angel, come on, just do the work. It's a scavenger hunt it's not that bad it it could be worse you could be sitting in a classroom you know just consider the fact that the teacher put in this hard work to organize it for you and maybe just do it and he's like ah shut up shut up that angel that's stupid no i don't want to listen to that the devil on the other shoulder though is like you remember christmas time do you remember home alone do you remember the wet bandits how about we flood the school to teach everyone a lesson about making us do scavenger hunts? And then, like, you know, instead of saying, no, that's ridiculous, decided that that really was the best course of action and he might as well just go through with it, dude. He had to have been inspired by Home Alone, right? Like, how else do you come up with the idea to flood a building to piss people off? You know, it has to have come from a movie of some sort, and that's the only one I can think of where this is what the bad guys do, is flood stuff. I'm sure there is other movies, like, I I'm making a joke, but honestly, man, I just 
love the idea of him sitting there in the bathroom like, no, you're right, this is a good idea. If I flood the school, that'll teach everybody not to mess with me and make me do a scavenger hunt ever again. All right, guys, I'm gonna interrupt the video for just one second. I'm going ahead and posting all my story times the day after they're posted on YouTube, on this show, on Spotify. I'm gonna go ahead and put the link at the top of the description, but if you wanna listen offline, you know, or just without gameplay, I'm keeping this one super updated. So like I said, link in the top of the description if you wanna listen offline, I'd appreciate it, thanks. I just don't really understand what his plan was because like, all right, even if hypothetically that teaches everybody not to ever give you a scavenger hunt again, like you did just flood your own school, you know? Like, oh, I hate scavenger hunts so much, I better destroy my school. Big brain, 500 IQ play, punish yourself because of a scavenger hunt. Regardless though, you know, they're watching this like eyes wide open because Gerald's just straight up acting like the Joker, vibing, doing his thing. And as they're standing there, they really can't believe what they're seeing. Like, obviously they knew that Gerald had been mad at them for not doing his homework, but they didn't expect it to, like, lead to him trying to do a mini Noah's Ark flood on the rest of the school. Really just trying to damage the school as much as possible because he had to do homework. Like, call me crazy, but I think everyone hates homework. Nobody likes doing it. It's just a reality. Imagine if every time your, like, boss told you to do something you didn't want to do, you just flooded the business, you know? I know school's not a job, but, like, same principle, right? Anyways, at that point, the school cop finally shows up to, like, help the janitors get in, and he starts banging on the door saying that, you know, if you don't come out, I'm gonna kick it in, like, now's your chance to not get in a lot of trouble, blah, 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 otherwise I'm gonna force my way in. And something that I've always thought is weird at, like, schools is that the, the bathroom doors are usually, like, metal, and I, I don't know if the other schools were the same way, so obviously you'd think at that point, you know, even if the door's metal or whatever, Gerald would at least come to the realization that the gig is up. The school's flooded, they're not messing around, you know, the cops here saying he's gonna kick in a metal door if you don't come out. It's probably time to just give up. But no, Gerald on the other side, still laughing maniacally at the fact that he's flooded the school, starts screaming like, go ahead, loser, go ahead, come to try get me, I don't care, you won't do anything. And obviously, the, the school cop's not too happy about that, so he starts kicking the door, but it's a metal door, so it doesn't really do a whole lot, you know? And now Gerald is laughing even harder on the other side. He's like, wow, good job, way to go, man. You're so much closer to getting me than you were before. And listen, one thing that, like, I, I don't know if every door is like this, but it was convenient that this door was. Even though the door was metal, the hinges were on the outside of the door. So even though Gerald had blocked the door, they couldn't get in. They could just, like, take the door off the hinges. And at that point, you know, janitors, teachers, the cop, whoever was there, they all start looking for a tool to just take the door off the hinges and just get it off that way, you know? He can't be hiding behind the door if the door no longer is on the hinges. That was kind of the thought of it. But, you know, as they're searching around, scrambling, trying to find it, there's a lot of chaos, and Gerald is on the other side of the door in the chaos, laughing like an evil villain having himself a fantastic time. You know the part of, like, you know, the superhero movie where the villain's plan is kind of working, and he's, like, watching all the bad stuff happen, and he's like, ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! This is my plan! Not along. That's kind of how Gerald sounds on the other side of the door as all the chaos of like people trying to figure out what's going on happens, figuring out where the tools are to get the door off the, the hinges. And during all of this chaos, you know, the flood's just getting worse. I don't know if the janitors had misplaced the tool, if it wasn't something they had often, but it takes about 15 minutes for the teachers to end up getting back with the tool to take the door off the hinges. And in that amount of time, a an insane amount of water continues to flood down the stairs and flood the school. Because like I said, 
said, he had clogged all the toilets and kept flushing them. He had all the sinks clogged and just kept pressing the buttons. There's literally water pouring down the stairs and like the teachers are running around trying not to slip and fall looking for everything they need to fix this. Seriously, I feel like the water flow at one point was so much that it was described as like the potential ninth wonder of the world, you know, just a magnificent waterfall in the middle of nowhere falling. Wow, nature is incredible. Only differences except like, you know, most waterfalls are from nature. This one's just from some crazy kids smacking the sink button every 15 seconds. Anyways, finally the teachers managed to get like the hinges off and they all storm in there like the school cop the janitors you know and they're stomping in there and you can like hear the splashes of their feet when they go in because it's just flooded you know and as they go into the bathroom and go around the corner the group that was watching them can't see exactly what's going on right but what they do hear is Gerald laughing maniacally and all the adults screaming like get him and then a bunch of what sounds like someone trying to grab somebody and out of the bathroom comes Gerald dude which is obviously not what they're expecting all the angry adults went in to capture him and out comes gerald and so gerald runs out of the bathroom covered in water just like covered in it obviously he'd been in a room that was flooding and he just starts sprinting down the hallway away from the bathroom still laughing the entire time like this is hilarious you'd think by this point the reality might have been setting in that like he's about to get expelled you know he flooded the school no he probably was so spoiled he thought his parents would somehow manage to get him out of this but he's gotten out of the bathroom though teachers have noticed he's out yet and he's just sprinting down laughing like an evil villain and at that point the school cop comes out of the bathroom covered in water and starts trying to like run after him and they're assuming that he got covered in water too by like trying to tackle Gerald in the flooded bathroom or something and as he starts to sprint after Gerald obviously a lot of the hallway has become flooded there's just water everywhere and he ends up slipping so Gerald is now like kind of on his way out of the school with nobody that he thinks between him and the door and so when Gerald sees the cop fall he literally throws his hand up and starts screaming like wet bandit strike again you know he feels like he got one over on everybody no way he's going to get caught and he's near an exit door and it just so happens that he slams it open and he starts to run out and for some reason just by horrible luck on Gerald's part there's a teacher on the other side who just grabs his shirt because he assumes that he's trying to make a break from trouble or something right and so he's caught and so the teacher's got his shirt and Gerald immediately now that the teacher has him changes his tune the whole evil villain laughing everything's hilarious thing drops and he looks at the teacher who has his shirt and he's like I didn't do anything I swear there was somebody else in the bathroom who flooded it they locked me in the bathroom I wouldn't I wasn't allowed to leave oh my gosh it was a ghost it was a ghost just like saying any excuse he can think of to this teacher about why he didn't do it and obviously it was just hilarious to the people that had watched the situation because like you know when Gerald wasn't going to be in trouble it's hilarious laughing like there's no tomorrow you know sounding like a hyena or a hyena with a chainsaw but he's just like on the other side of the door just you know torturing the poor janitors they're gonna have to clean up this flood as soon as a teacher gets him though oh my gosh it was it was the ghost man I'm telling you it was a ghost yeah yeah the the plumber ghost you know of the school that hates us obviously the teacher hadn't even said anything yet you know and just instantly starts going with the ghost excuse at that point though the bell rang so people start coming out into the hallway and just seeing all of this chaos and they don't want the kids to see all this they have to clean up the mess they have to do a whole lot before it's safe to just let everybody start running back out in the hallway so they start ushering everybody back to class you know and the group that had been watching this go down obviously gets caught up in that and gets kind of ushered back to class and as they get back to class everybody's talking about it you know what happened what 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 
what went down. Obviously, a rumor like this is going to spread like wildfire because it's not every day somebody just decides to try to flood the school, you know? So rumors are swirling, and the people that actually saw what went down are just like, none of these rumors make any sense. Literally, one of the rumors that was going around about why the flood happened had nothing to do with Gerald, right? But instead, they assumed that the Illuminati had broken into the school and for some reason decided to flood it, which, you know, I don't know why that was the route in their head that they jumped to to make a rumor because, like, it's pretty obvious that wouldn't happen. Why would the Illuminati be wasting their time flooding a high school? It makes no sense as to why they would even be there. Imagine the Illuminati board meeting, you know, it's like all the billionaires, all the presidents, everybody in charge of the woods, or the the world, not the woods, I guess technically the woods, but also the world, and they're like, hey man, I know we're destabilizing Cuba at 7pm, but I was thinking at 1 we could just go flood this random school for no reason. They won't even know it's the Illuminati. Actually, no, we should tell them it's the Illuminati. But uh, yeah, I just feel like we should go flood this random place, and everybody in the board meeting, you know, like all the billionaires are like, yeah, that's a genius idea, that makes sense to me. Anyways, obviously people are just kind of saying whatever about the rumor, and the subscriber had gotten put back into the class he was in before, so the teacher that organized the scavenger hunt. And so he's kind of talking to the teacher about everything because obviously the teacher didn't really know what had gone down and he's like, it was insane, you know, the janitors were banging on the door trying to get in and Gerald was on the other side laughing. And the teacher kind of stops him when he mentioned it was Gerald and turns white as a ghost. He goes, wait a second, it was Gerald that flooded the school? Like, you're telling me that Gerald was involved in this? And obviously the subscriber just kind of confirms it because like, yeah, it was Gerald, you know, he was the one that flooded it. And the teacher's like, do you think the administration going to get mad at me and they're like well why would they get mad at you and he starts talking about how Gerald had said he was going to get the teacher in trouble and so maybe because it had happened during the scavenger hunt this was going to get blamed on him and you know that didn't end up happening thankfully but like at that point it kind of clicked what Gerald's overarching evil plan had kind of been in the first place I guess somehow in Gerald's mind it made sense that like the teacher was somehow going to get blamed for him deciding to flood the school I mean that's not what happened thank Thankfully, but like, I guess in his mind, you know, the administration would look at all of this that went down and was like, this teacher made him do a scavenger hunt. Obviously, that's the reason he was pushed to flooding the school. Without the scavenger hunt, this would have never happened. Fire the teacher. How are they going to hold this random dude accountable for flooding the school that literally had nothing to do with it, right? Like, he was not the person flooding the bathroom, Gerald. You can't really blame someone for that if they had nothing to do with it. That's like, you know, speeding in a car and when the cop pulls you over and it's like why are you speeding being like well you made me speed actually it's like well I mean not really you know it's, it's not really how this works I would not have flooded the bathroom if this teacher didn't make me do a scavenger hunt it's like yeah but the teacher didn't tell you to do the scavenger hunt he didn't provide instructions and tell you to do it you know good one Gerald like how is the teacher gonna get in trouble dude they literally caught Gerald flooding everything how would have that have been the teacher's fault unless he literally gave him instructions on how to do it anyways obviously it backfired. Teacher didn't end up getting in trouble for Gerald's shenanigans. However, Gerald did end up getting expelled, which, I mean, I can't really say I'm surprised, dude. You kind of leave him with no choice when you flood the entire school, and then when they're like, hey, please let us in to stop flooding the school, you just laugh at them and make fun of them. And for like an hour, they have to go get tools to rip the door off the hinges. Yeah, you're probably gonna get expelled. Like, you know, I don't really know what the message they're sending to the school would be if he just showed back back up on school like Monday. Everybody there is like, oh, I can basically start a riot and nothing will happen. That's lit. 
even though they did end up getting rid of him, it didn't change the fact that, like, kids ended up making memes about this, which obviously they're going to, bro. If someone floods your school, it's going to become a joke at the school. Whenever teachers would give, like, too much homework or anything, an anonymous letter would be written to the teacher about how, like, if they didn't stop, the school was going to flood and blah, 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 blah. And the teachers wouldn't stop giving homework off of that. Like, don't get it wrong. The notes didn't do anything, but, you know, it was just kind of the type of shenanigans people would get up to afterwards. And honestly, man, Gerald did become, like, a little bit of a folk villain. I won't say folk hero, because people weren't like, yo, that Gerald guy was lit. But people would be like, remember when Gerald flooded the school? That was crazy. Overall, I just thought this was some next-level spoiled kid behavior. You know, flooding a school instead of doing homework or a scavenger hunt is, like, a pretty, uh, pretty much the largest aversion to work I've ever heard of. You have to basically think work is the most evil thing ever existed to decide that, like, flooding the school is somehow a better alternative alternative to just doing the homework and all of this over a scavenger hunt like one of the most fun things you could possibly get a sign that still work imagine what he would have done if it was a scantron test dude he probably would have tried to burn it down instead like a, a real test would have absolutely melted his brain man no reason to get mad at this type of easy work i do say though the teacher who caught him by accident you know just grabbed his shirt probably did feel like a secret agent for a pretty long time afterwards like he had just wiggled from the hands of justice and there he was perfect timing to catch him right before he escaped Gary the Geometry Teacher, national hero, baby. That's what we need more of, Gary the Geometry Teacher. Anyways, other than that, they uh, only had one staircase at the school for about a month. Obviously, the other one had flooded, had a bunch of water damage, and it took about a month for them to fix it. But, you know, during that time, it was a pain at the school because everybody had to just, like, use one stair. But, uh, yeah, it ended up getting fixed, and overall, I just thought the story was something you guys would enjoy. Moral of the story, though, don't flood the school to get out of work it's probably just not worth it you're gonna end up with a huge repair bill probably and getting expelled and it's just also not cool to flood a school all right you shouldn't need a reason all right so like i said this story time is from when i was a little bit younger i couldn't drive yet so i was still kind of stuck like skating around everywhere and uh, i stumbled upon and found something that i definitely was not supposed to find because uh, it just wasn't meant for me just so happened that the people that it was meant for happened to be around at the same time and uh, i ended up skating around thinking for my life. I, I can't confirm that, but I was horrified. But regardless, I ended up getting myself into this situation because, like, I would just kind of skate around the area by my house and just try to find cool stuff to do, explore, find things. There was a couple shopping centers down the road from my house, you know, a kind of like a busier road, and so I would just, like, skate the stairs down there, that type of thing. And it just so happened that one of these shopping centers hadn't been doing so well. Like, this was right around the recession. Like, after. After the recession. Three, four years after the recession. But, like, the effects were still really bad in Las Vegas. There's a lot of abandoned buildings. There's a lot of stuff that just never really came back. And down the road on this main road was this huge empty parking lot. Like, I'm talking absolutely massive. And it used to be for this huge shopping center that was, like, originally, you know, one giant, like, big box store and then a bunch bunch of stores around it and like the traffic from the one big box store kind of drove traffic to everything else and the big box store was actually a Kmart and uh, it had ended up closing you know they hadn't gone bankrupt yet but that particular one had closed 
And when the Kmart closed, people kind of stopped coming into the parking lot. It was dying for a while before that, but, like, that really killed all the traffic there, and now there was no businesses there. But they had built this Kmart a long time ago when it was still popping, so it had this huge parking lot. And obviously, whenever you're, like, a skater who's just bored and looking for something to do, a ginormous empty parking lot that has, like, no cars in it, you know, people were very rarely there, and on top of it, they hadn't taken out some of, like, the little uh, parking blocks, like, where you can't go any further, so we would butter those up and just kind of skate on them and it was just a pretty little perfect spot to practice tricks and be left alone I didn't have to worry about cars I didn't have to worry about anyone being around me I would just like listen to music and goof off right and uh, I really didn't think anything of it very often. In fact, I would skate there, like, pretty much every day. Especially in the winter, because the parking lot still had lights on. So it would get dark at, like, 5 p.m., but I could still skate there till 7, because there was lights. Anyways, one night, it was uh, already dark, because it was a winter night. It's, like, 7 p.m., so the sun's down, and I was there skating, and I had set my water bottle on this light pole. And the way the light poles were, it was like a concrete cylinder and then the light pole coming out of it. But there was like this little box that you could kind of shimmy up the pole and put stuff in. And I didn't even think about it. I had just put my water bottle on the concrete circle, like at the base of this light. So I'm just kind of doing my thing skating. And I have my headphones in, but I was kind of aware of my surroundings, obviously. You don't just want to not know what's going on. And as I'm skating, I notice like two cars pull around the back of this old Kmart and kind of pull over to me. And they're kind of watching from far enough away where I like don't feel unsafe but close enough where I'm feeling weird I can definitely tell that they're looking at me do you know what I mean like it's a very obvious feeling when somebody's staring at you and on top of that their headlights are shining so I can't really see what they're doing like I can't confirm they're staring at me it just feels like it and I'm starting to get the heebie-jeebies but you know I don't know if it's like an undercover cop car I don't want to take off so I just kind of keep skating and one of the cars pulls over to me very slowly and as it pulls up I like pick up my skateboard and I have I'm like mall grabbing it with the trucks in my hand in case I have to swing the skateboard and the window rolls down and uh, I'm obviously just like heart racing not knowing what's about to happen are they gonna scream at me are they gonna try to kidnap me like I'm not too sure and so the window's rolling down and finally I can see into the car a little bit and there's two guys there you know and uh, they're just kind of like staring at me and they're like what are you doing and I'm like oh I'm just skating and they're like do you know about it and I'm like uh what are you talking about the empty parking lot and like they kind of drop their guard a bit and they just say you need to go skate somewhere else and I can tell that whatever they're saying like you need to go skate somewhere else isn't a suggestion it's more of a you need to go skate somewhere else or you need to like or we're gonna make you go skate somewhere else so I get the vibe and I'm not trying to stick around and see what happens so I get on my skateboard and I go all right I'll get out of here and I go to skate and the entire time I'm skating so like my body is turned and I can look at them and they're just watching me so I skate around the back of this Kmart just because that was the closest way to like get out of their line of sight they didn't know where I had come from but it happened to be the opposite way of my house I didn't know what they were doing but I just wanted to get out of there so when I get behind the building I stop and I look back around to see where they are because like when they leave I'm gonna go back across the parking lot and they go over to the light pole and this is when it gets weird like I said they had that thing where you could like shimmy the part up the light pole and there was a little space in there and I see all these people get out of their cars there's five of them and they shimmy up the light pole and there's four packages that are probably about you know they're holding them in one hand but there's four packages and they give one to this guy one to this guy one to this guy one to this guy they get back in the car and you know I'm not sure what they were doing in there but they're just kind of sitting there in the car near this light pole and it's at that moment moment that I realized that my light pole was a dead drop which is just really sketchy basically for those of you that don't know what a dead drop is it's this place where like
like you're gonna leave something right like you leave your uh i don't know your your like shoe in this hidden spot and tell someone to go grab it in three hours when you're not there anymore but whatever they had put in the light pole was wrapped up in a brown paper bag and the people didn't want me around when they grabbed it i'm not trying to stick around and find out right like i'm not i don't want to be involved at all literally zero percent i want nothing to do with this And before anyone is like, why didn't you want to investigate more? Because I'm not stupid. If people tell you to get out of there before they grab something that was hidden in a light pole, you don't go investigate because real life isn't Scooby-Doo, okay? It's not. You you don't want to, you just don't want to know. You just leave. You, You just go. Alright guys, I'm gonna interrupt the video for just one second. On screen now is a gift card code. For those of you that don't know, I give one of these away in every video. So uh, subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss out on free money. And while I got your attention, press the like button or no joke, no scam, your mom's a hoe. Let's get back to it. Anyways, obviously at that point, I'm like, I've gotta get out of there. But as I mentioned, you know, there's a little bit of an issue because my house is on the other side of them and I'm behind the Kmart and like the only way is to either go through the parking lot where they'll obviously see me or way down the road like through this undeveloped desert part was another building that I could use and there was a crosswalk there that I could use to like get back on this side and get back up to my house right it it was gonna be a lot longer but I decide that's the best bet because I'm not trying to go back across this parking lot and have them be like that guy definitely just saw us do that sketchy thing so I crouched behind this like dirt beam and I like crouch sprinted I don't know I felt like I was in like PUBG dude I was I was moving I was scared scared run behind this dirt mound over to this building and it was like this VA hospital thing so I'm standing there and I'm like okay well I'll be all right here so I walk through the parking lot and I get on the crosswalk and uh you know I get in the parking lot and as I'm walking across I decide to like look around and see if they're still in the parking lot because if they're gone now I don't really have to be as on alert but of course I look and they're still there so now I'm like awesome I have to be careful crossing the road like being careful that they don't see me when they're leaving So I go through this uh, parking lot and I get back on the main road. I cross the street and I start skating back towards my house. And the way it worked is I was back on the side of the road that I needed to be on in terms of like being north, right? Going north to south. But I still needed to cross another road west, right? Like I still needed to go to my left over a main road. And so on this last main road that I needed to cross, there happened to be a crosswalk. And I pressed the button because I can't cross right now. There was cars going. I would have been froggered. And of course, right when the light turns red, they pull up and I'm walking across. And they see me and I see them. And I don't know if I had like the home alone moment, you know, when he's at the stop sign and they pull up and his eyes get all wide and he's like, (gasps) you know, or what, or if they just recognized me, but like (laughs) they definitely recognize me and I recognize them. And I don't know if they wanted to scare me or what, but they honk the horn. And at that point I'm like, ah, crap. So I pick up my skateboard and I just start running. I know people are like, why didn't you skate? I was going uphill at this point. So I'm like, I just got to go. So I'm running and the like entrance to the neighborhood is pretty far up the road but I happened to know there was this friend that like I didn't know incredibly well I had been to his house once or twice that had a house along the road right and so if I could jump that wall and get in the backyard I knew the house owner so as I'm running to it like I'm sprinting I hear the light turn green and I hear tires squealing turning and I don't look back at all I don't like know if if they're right behind me I don't know how close they are but I just hear tires squealing and a car coming 
And so I throw my skateboard over and I jump the wall. Like, I'm, I'm shimmying up the wall. I probably looked like a little rat. I can't even lie. I probably looked like Ratatouille trying to find a hiding place. And I get over the wall and I hide in the backyard. And they had this, like, shed. So I go into the shed and I'm just, like, bundled up on my hands and knees, curled up, just peeking out of this little crack in the door, trying to make sure nobody's there. And honestly, like, I didn't hear or see any cars while I was hiding in the shed. I don't know if it even was their tires that squealed. Like I said, I didn't look back. For all I know, I could have just been insanely paranoid. But, like, obviously, they had just honked at me. I heard tires squeal, and I wasn't taking chances, bro. I was trying to get over that wall. After about, like, 30 minutes of sitting there, though, uh, I decided to go home. So, like, I slowly skated home. I was in my neighborhood, and I get back, and my mom's like, Hey, I know you usually say that you skate in the Kmart parking lot at night. I drove by there after after your brother's soccer game and we didn't see you so like where were you and obviously I'm not trying to tell her what's going on because like I don't know I didn't want my parents to make me not able to like go skate anywhere so I just tell her oh you know I took another way home that takes a little bit longer you know so maybe that's why you didn't see me I was on my way home and I don't know if I was out of breath or she could just tell that like I had just had so much adrenaline running through my veins I probably could have fought an elephant but like she just kept pressing me and obviously after a while I ended up caving in and I was like all right, so don't be scared. And I kind of told her their story and she was not too thrilled. Obviously she was like, I don't want you down there anymore, which all in all at the time I was upset, but that makes sense. Like if they really had been chasing me, burning their tires, making me jump the wall, I probably shouldn't have gone back to like where they were, you know, but all in all, my parents were right. But at the time I was mad, man. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything. I was so stupid to even tell you about it. Like, all in all, it was really for the best. But, uh, yeah, at the time, I was kind of mad. Seriously, though, uh, one of the top 10 scariest moments of my life when I heard those tires squealing. Like I said, I can't prove that they were coming for me, but you be chased by somebody in that situation, hear tires squealing, and not freak out. It was okay, though. I guess I got a good story out of it. And, uh, yeah, the only thing I wish is that I would have somehow been able to keep that great practice spot, bro. But uh, I didn't really skate there after that, you know. So, like I said, this happened when I was at a friend's house, you know. When it happened doesn't really matter. All you gotta know is, like I said, I went over to his house because he had just moved into his new place. He was having a little get-together with a couple friends, mostly family, you know. There wasn't a whole lot of people there. Just enough to the point where, like, you could walk into a room, have a conversation, go into another room, talk to a different group of people. Like, just enough to be at that point, but not much bigger than that. So, regardless, I was just kind of uh, walking around with a plate of food, talking to people. And I was talking to his family members, and they were kind of asking what I do, and I was kind of explaining it to them. And they were like, oh, you should meet your friend's nephew, who's 12. He's, like, super, super into Minecraft. And obviously, I don't really, like, you know, know a whole whole bunch about Minecraft. I've played it about as much as every other gamer had. It's not like my channel is super Minecraft focused or anything, but whatever. I was like, oh, that's cool. And they were like, yeah, you know, and uh, they just kind of stared at me. And I knew something was weird because like they pointed out that his nephew was over there. And when I walk up to him and just said, hey, you know, just to try to like start a conversation because no one was talking to him, his mom looks over at me and says, Oh, yeah, you can try to talk to him all you want, but he doesn't really do the talking thing. 
And, you know, I get it. You know, some people just don't like social situations, but it was just kind of weird the way that she said it. So I must have looked confused. There must have been a weird look on my face because she started to explain that for the last month or so, he had become increasingly convinced that he was actually a cat. And about two weeks ago, he had just stopped talking and was now over only communicating by like meowing, hissing or scratching people. So, dude was actually living his life as a feline, you know? It would have been one of those, like, uh, TLC shows where they're like, uh, my strain's obsession is pretending to be a cat. And regardless, I guess he must have been paying enough attention to overhear his mom explaining to me how he thinks he's a cat because he looks over at us and at that moment goes, <sighs> like, hisses at us like a cat and then crawls away on all fours out of the room. And honestly, I did not know how to react in that situation. It's not every day somebody's like, oh yeah, that dude thinks he's an animal, and then they hiss at you and crawl out of the room. I was kind of like, all right, well, that's weird. I'm not going to lie. You know, that was not what I was expecting. But obviously, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to act normal, considering that his family's right there. It's not like now's the time to be like, dude, what is up with your nephew? Why is he thinking he's a cat? Regardless, you know, like I said, I'm not really saying too much. I'm just kind of keeping my mouth shut. But in my mind, I'm thinking about how weird that entire interaction was. And what was weirder to me was the fact that nobody said anything about how weird it was. They just like all acted like it was normal. Listen, I understand that sometimes 12 year olds have a hyperactive imagination. But I would hope that if I was acting like a cat for a month straight, somebody in my family would have said something and been like, dude, what are you doing? The fact that everybody just kept going about their business eating barbecue like it was a perfectly normal occurrence for him to hiss at somebody and then crawl out of the room definitely threw me off. So whatever, I was kind of talking to my friend whose house party it was, and uh, I was mentioning something about his cousin kind of like acting like a cat, right? And I wasn't saying anything mean about it, I was just kind of talking to him about it, and he said, watch this. And we, like, walked into a room where his cousin was, and he just kind of started loudly talking about Minecraft. And as soon as the word Minecraft was said, you could just see Catboy's ears perk up a little bit, you know? You could tell that he was eavesdropping on the conversation, just uh, definitely doing his best not to look like he's paying attention. So whatever, me and my friend are just kind of talking about Minecraft back and forth, and uh, it was kind of entertaining, because, like, we would say something, and his cousin would just react with a facial expression, but was trying to act like he wasn't listening. Like, it was just kind of fun. So whatever, we're talking about Minecraft, and at a certain point, I was like, you know, maybe he's gonna come talk to us about Minecraft. Like, maybe Catboy's gonna drop the act if we talk about something he's into enough. So whatever, he's staring at us for a while, and finally, he makes a move. He starts crawling over on all fours like a possessed demon, right? Like over to where we're sitting. And he like crawls over and just stares at us the entire time. I'm telling you, it was like he was possessed. If you would have told me this was Paranormal Activity 17 footage, I would have believed you. And he just kind of crawls by and like ends up behind my friend and I listening to the conversation. And so I'm freaked out at this point because I'm like, dude, he's behind me now. I don't have a vantage point. If Demon Cat Boy decides to like, I don't know, eat a human, then like, I don't, I can't block him. He's behind me now. So we just kind of keep talking about Minecraft, but the hairs on my neck are standing up because I just don't like the vibe of like, I can feel him staring at me, but I can't look. And finally he growls something. 
and I realize he's saying something, and he growls it again, and he's like, what do you know about Minecraft? Like, that's what he says, except it was more of a growl. I can't even do it right. And at this point, I've straight up got the heebie-jeebies, all right? This kid is acting like he's possessed, dude. I've seen enough scary movies to know how this usually goes down, like a ghost is gonna start slamming doors and stuff. No, thank you. And on top of it, the fact that the only thing he's said other than hissing like a cat is, what do you know about Minecraft? Possessed like a demon does not really help the overall vibe, you know? I don't think he's actually possessed, but it wasn't like I was feeling great about the situation. So I just tried to calmly say something that I thought would be good in this situation. I said, oh, I... I know a little bit about Minecraft, you know, I've been playing since the beta, I'm pretty old, just trying to make a joke about how, like, I've been playing for a while, and my thought was, this kid really likes Minecraft, so he's gonna think that, like, playing during the beta is, is kind of cool, I don't know, I just assumed that would be the reaction, but instead, all the demon act, like, the, the cat hissing, everything dropped, and he just started screaming, you did not play in the beta, <laughs> You did not play in the beta. No one played in the beta. And he's like hissing after each sentence, but he's now British every sentence. I don't really understand what the accent of the cat was, you know, maybe they're all British. And I'm just kind of confused on what he's saying, because like, you know, sure, I understand the beta happened before Minecraft came out, but it was pretty popular for a long time before the full version released. Like, a crap ton of people played the beta. It's not like that's rare, you know? I understand it was a long time ago now, but there was like at least a couple million accounts online at the end of the beta, so it's not like it's incredibly rare. So I was like, I, I really did play during the beta, because I did. And his reaction to me claiming to play during the beta was, You lie about Minecraft! You must pay for your transgressions! And at that point, I'm like, oh no, I don't know what that means, but it's not great. And Nightcrawler over here, this wannabe X-Man, just lunged at me. From all fours, like a track star taking off, just lunges through the air, dude. Teeth barred like a tiger. Everything kind of slowed down for a minute. I'm just kind of watching this, like, Minecraft-addicted cat boy flying through the air, knowing he's about to try to bite me, you know, and there's really nothing I can do about it. And in that, like, amount of time where time's going a little bit slower, I decide to stand up. And when I stand up, the trajectory of him launching at me just kind of ends up with his head, like, smacking into my elbow forearm area. And, uh, you know, I guess that was all he needed, because the next thing I feel is just teeth clamping down on my forearm as this kid bites down after launching onto me from, like, this, this hunting position. So at this point, I am literally just like in, a little bit in shock. Obviously, I feel him bite me, but it's not like I expected this to happen. This kid has literally bit into my arm for saying that I played the Minecraft beta. And I wasn't even making it up, dude. Like, I legitimately did. Not that this matters at all, but I'm just super confused on why I'm getting attacked in this situation because I didn't do anything. But sure enough, there's a very real person biting my arm. So I am just standing here and finally, like, you know, I, I come to a little bit and I decide that I'm just going to yell something. So I look at my friend and I'm like, get it off me. And he's looking at his nephew that is now attached to my arm and is like, what are you doing? Why are you biting him? We're both just insanely confused on what happened. And I guess we must have been yelling pretty loudly because the next thing I know is like a hearing a bunch of people come 
come into the room and it's all the adults from the other room so it's you know this kid's mom his aunts like all of his family and a couple of our friends and his mom runs over and starts like peeling this minecraft demon off of me dude i don't know if it was like a zombie situation or what but he literally gets peeled off me i feel his teeth release and so i'm just kind of standing there like what and at that point, my friend's mom is like, are you okay? And you're, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't even know. I haven't even looked at my arm yet. So I look down at my arm and I'm kind of like surprised what I see. I thought it was going to be worse. I mean, I was bleeding a little bit. Don't get it wrong. But considering this dude literally flew through the air and bit into my arm, I was expecting to have like, you know, a little chunk of flesh dangling or something. I'm not going to lie. Like maybe a little bit of a shark week moment. It was just feeling like that in my head. I had a couple little marks where like his teeth had poked through the skin but nothing too bad but the there was definitely teeth marks you could tell someone had bitten me and I was like oh, I've never been attacked by a demon before you know this is a first and honestly I was just kind of in shock at that moment but if this is a stupid fear to admit out loud one of my first thoughts was like what if he has venom only because I know humans don't have venom but humans also aren't supposed to think that they're cats and be running around lunging and attacking people that played Minecraft at different times than them you know so just for a split second I'm not proud of it, but I definitely was like, maybe he's got a poison of some type. Thankfully, you know, my logical brain kicked back in and was like, all right, there's no way the human is poisonous. But I'm just saying, you know, if he thinks he's a cat, he's roaming around acting like one who knows what type of cleaning products he's eaten. Maybe he's like combined some different things in his mouth that together like create the bacteria for the bubonic plague. I'm not trying to take my chances. This is the type of person that runs around biting people. It's not like logic and understanding is at the forefront of anything in this situation. So whatever, the kids peeled off me, his mom is talking to me, or my friend's mom, his mom has the demon child, you know, and they're all kind of telling him to calm down and asking what happened. And so I start kind of like explaining what happened. I'm like, me and my friend were talking about Minecraft. He came up behind us and asked what we knew about it. So I said when I started playing, next thing I know, he flew through the air and bit me. And was nuts as like I expected maybe a couple people to push back a little bit on my saying. Like, he bit you for no reason. But nobody acted that surprised. They were all just kind of like, oh, no, I'm so sorry that happened. That's crazy. But they were saying, oh, no, that's crazy. But not like being very convincing you know so at that point demon kid's mom like pulls me into the kitchen and she's like don't sue me please don't sue me and she grabs ice out of the fridge like puts it in a bag and puts it on my arm and the entire time she's putting the ice on me she's like really we can figure something out just like please don't sue me please don't sue me and I'm really confused by this because I haven't even mentioned suing her at all it's just like not my vibe I'm not trying to sue anybody. Obviously, your kid's a little bit nuts because he thinks he's a cat and is biting people over Minecraft, but I think that's punishment enough, you know? There's no reason for me to go to court. Unless you, like, get me rabies or something, at which point, hey, I, like, I, I've got to sue you if I get rabies, okay? Like, there's really not much I can do, but I kind of tell her, like, I'm not going to sue you. I wouldn't do that. It's not like you told him to bite me, you know? It's not like I walked into my friend's house for the barbecue and they were like, eat him now! Like, that's just not what happened. So she kind of looks relieved and she's like well that's great because the last person that he bit wanted to sue us for it and she says that like it's a pretty normal sentence to say you know like we should just graze over it and she kind of keeps talking and my brain takes a second to catch it and I'm like wait a second what did you just say like can you say that one more time and she goes, yeah, well, the last person that he bit wanted to sue us for the bite. So I just wanted to make sure that wasn't something that you were, you know, trying to do. Like, please don't sue us. 
And I'm trying to stay calm. And so I'm like, oh, this isn't a one-time thing? Like, that's what I say out loud. But in my head, I'm like, last person he bit? You're telling me that this is a consistent problem? You know, like the patch notes for this dude is just part of it was like, oh, he just started biting people like crazy. I'm just saying, I, I was definitely feeling a little bit different after that. At first, I'm like, oh, this dude's just nuts. What's going on? But now I'm coming to find out that he's got a pattern of just d- d- biting people. What is going on? And his mom's like, well, well, you know, you're the third person that he's bit like this. And so she kind of adjusts the ice and she's like, but we're going to figure it out. And honestly, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Cause like, you know, you bite one person and never do it again. You learned your lesson. You bite two people and do it again. I don't understand. If I'm the third person you're biting over Minecraft, I, I feel like you just kind of have to like accept the fact that you don't have a kid, you have a canine. Like, let's be honest here. And so I kind of make a joke to his mom. I'm like, well, if he's going to be biting people that often and he's bitten three people by now, you might want to put him on a leash or something. And I was only half joking, you know. I'm just saying, if your kid's running around biting people, it might not be a bad idea to get one of those backpacks that has the leash built in. I'm normally against people having it, but uh, if your kid's biting people, you might not have a choice and maybe even a leash isn't enough dude we might have to go muzzle if it's like reaching to the point where you know if he's only thought he's a cat for a month and he's bitten three people that's almost one a week that's not great odds and I was like half kidding you know and his mom's like well you try to control someone that genuinely thinks they're a cat it's awful and uh, I, I did feel a little bit bad for her. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I don't know how you end up in a situation where you think you're a cat in the first place. It's just all messy. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, it's okay. And uh, she leaves the kitchen. So I'm just kind of standing there with this ice on this bite mark. And I start to think about why I got bitten. And I'm really confused because I'm like, you know, I, I didn't threaten him or anything. All I said was that I played Minecraft during the beta, which I really don't understand why that was so unbelievable. Like, truthfully, like I said, I don't know exactly how many people played the Minecraft beta, but I know everyone in my school played it for sure. I was not, you know, an outlier for playing Minecraft at the time. So I didn't realize that it was so rare that I might be getting, like, a a rabies shot over it, you know? Either way, after that, when I tried to, like, go back and uh, rejoin the festivities, the vibes were kind of off, which I get. You know, obviously things were kind of weird, so I bounced out pretty early. No one wants to hang out with the guy that might be a potential zombie. Like, what's what's the person? Patient Z, like the first person to get infected with the zombie virus. No one wants to hang out with that guy. And, you know, for at least 48 hours after I was bitten, I was curious if I was going to turn into a zombie or not. I'm very glad I didn't save y'all from the apocalypse. You're welcome. Anyways, uh, overall, you know, the, the friend's still a good guy. I definitely won't be hanging at his house anytime soon, though, and especially not if there's a family family barbecue i'm just gonna avoid that at all odds and i would recommend if you don't want rabies doing the same i am today i've got a story time that a uh, friend actually told me about how one time he was like going over to a classmate's house to work on a group project but they ended up giving him the wrong address and uh he was in some stranger's kitchen when they came down and were like what are you doing in my house regardless i just thought this story was a, a little bit of a funny situation nobody should ever have to find themselves in so i figured i would share it with y'all so without further ado 
do let's go all right so this takes place when my friend was a junior in high school he had just gotten his license and could drive and you know because of that whenever there was a group project or anything usually he would be like all right guys we can meet up after school and work on it I can drive people over to somebody's house and we can like get extra work done you know he had just gotten his license so he was excited to just be driving places and just be like have some freedom so whatever in this particular class they ended up having a group project and someone in the group said that they could all meet at their house and work on the project now this person and my friend never really hung out a ton they didn't know each other very well it was just going to be a situation where like they were going to work on the group project and then go their separate ways so he didn't have his address he didn't know where he lived he didn't know what this dude's house looked like or you know what cars were in the driveway all he knew is that they were going to do the group project at this house so everybody agrees to meet there at like 3 p.m after school and sure enough the school day ends and uh he realizes that he didn't get the address so he texts the person in his class and is like hey can you send me the address sure enough they send it to him and he like clicks you know how you can click it from your text and open it in maps to get directions so you know he's assuming there's going to be no miscommunication at all if you send me the address and i click on it and get directions i'm gonna assume that it just like takes me to your house so whatever he drives there and he walks up to the front door and he knocks and he's like no one's answering so he texts him and says hey i'm outside no one's answering can you let me in and his classmate responds that it was open and to just come in so obviously at this point he doesn't really think anything that weird is going on maybe they were just upstairs working on the project and didn't want to come to the door maybe you know they just were were messing with him regardless it's not like he was really afraid he thought this was the right address it was the one the person had texted him so he just opened the door and went in and to his surprise the door was unlocked so he walks in and he immediately is really confused because the house is very quiet like so quiet he was almost convinced nobody was home you know and so he's getting a little bit confused because he at least had expected to walk in and be able to hear everyone working on the group project and so he just starts kind of walking around the house looking in the living room looking in the kitchen and as he's looking around he's getting even more confused because he's like man you know it just doesn't seem like anyone who goes to my school lives here there's no papers anywhere there's not like a backpack there's no like pictures of a family or anything it's just like a bunch of pictures of this dude and his dog everywhere and he's like I don't know maybe his dad just only likes pictures of himself who knows so whatever he's just kind of doing his thing waiting for somebody to come down and get him and that's when he hears some footsteps coming down the stairs and so obviously he kind of walks back into the front room where the stairs were to kind of see who it is just to see if it's his classmate you know if they're sneaking down to mess with them or something and when he comes around the corner and looks he sees the guy who was in the pictures from the dog or with the dog you know like the same guy whose house it is and the guy looks at him and his eyes immediately just shoot really really wide and my friend doesn't think this is the wrong house you know doesn't realize what's going on so he just goes hey I'm here for the group project you know um where is everybody and the guy just starts screaming what are you doing in my house what are you doing in my house and my friend is insanely confused because he's like what no 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 I'm here for the group project I'm here for the group project and the guy's like we don't have a group project I don't have kids what are you doing in my house and at that point my friend is looking around and he's like oh my god am I in the wrong house obviously he didn't know where his classmate lived so he's just like "Uh, I'm so sorry and so he just runs back out the front door and slams it behind him and like goes to his car gets in drives around the corner and pulls up the text to double check sure enough when he scrolls back up and sees the address he's like all right let me double check and put it into my maps just to make sure that I didn't go to the wrong address and sure 
sure enough, it takes him right back to the house that he had just been inside of, you know? And at this point, when he comes back around the corner, the guy is now outside on the phone, and he sees him in the car, and he's like, you! And he rolls down the window, he's like, I did not mean to come into your house, I'm trying to look for my classmate's house, I'm here to do a group project, and he's like, why are you in my house? What were you doing in there? And he goes, listen, listen, it sounds insane. I have a group project for school. My classmate texted me an address. It was this one. I said the door was locked and he said to come in. And he's like, well, it's not your classmate's house, man. Get out of here. And my friend is literally mortifying, like, embarrassed at this point. How could you not be mortified? You just accidentally walked into a stranger's house in the middle of the day and, like, they came down and just saw you standing there. So whatever, my friend drives away. He goes back to his house. And by this point, his phone is getting blown up from his group, being like, dude, are you really not going to show up? I thought we were going to work on the project. What the heck, man? You could have told us you weren't going to come. Like, why did you, this was all your plan. And he's like, bro, you gave me the wrong address. I just walked into some stranger's house. And the classmate's like, dude, I didn't give you the wrong address. Trust me, I think I know where I live. I've lived here for like my entire life. I didn't give you the wrong address. And he's like, well, scroll up and look, dude, because whoever's house that directions took me to and whoever's house I walked in had no clue what group project we were talking about. And his classmate goes up and checks and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Okay, yeah, sorry, I did send the wrong address. And he's like, dude, you didn't double check? Like, you didn't double check that you sent me the right address? Do you realize that you just made me walk into this stranger's house? And he's like, yeah, whatever, but you still should have, like, called and made sure that you could come to the group project. He goes, dude, I technically just committed breaking and entering. I'm not coming to work on the group project now. Obviously, that was never his intention. The door was unlocked. Like, he didn't break into this dude's house, you know, but it feels insane to, like, Imagine being on the other end of that, you know? There's just some kid, he's like, I didn't mean to break into your house! You know, obviously, that's gonna freak out whoever was on the other side, so the classmates are getting annoyed that he doesn't want to come work on the project, and he's like, look, I already drove all the way over there, I already drove all the way home, I'm not going to, like, come over and do this project, I'm sorry. And his classmates like, dude, whatever, it's not that big of a deal, like, so what, you walked into a stranger's house, it not, it's not like it matters, we're almost done with it, but can you do the citations then? Like, fine, if you're not gonna do... Uh, come over and work on it, then you have to do the citations. And he's like, whatever, I'll do the citations, that's okay. So the next day, he goes into school, and as he's walking down the hallway, the teacher that the group was for kind of pulls him aside and goes, hey, can I talk to you? And he goes in, and I guess the classmates had, like, emailed his teacher, being all, he had blown off coming to work on the group project, you know, and wasn't answering us when we were asking him where he was, and we just feel like it's unfair that he's gonna get a good grade if he didn't do any of the work. And he's just kind of flabbergasted, because he thought that they had, you know, at least settled it all over text and had kind of agreed that he was going to do the citations. So he tells the teacher, he's like, look, I called, they told me to do the citations, so that's what I'm doing. And she's like, but why didn't you go? Like, they said, you said you were going to meet up with them, and then you didn't. And he goes, it's an insane story, are you sure you want to know? And the teacher's like, yes. So he starts recounting this back to the teacher about, you know, he got the text for the address, he put it in the GPS, drives up, door doesn't open, they say go in, he goes in, meets a stranger, blah, 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 blah. And the teacher is like, okay, yeah, I can understand why you didn't exactly go feel like doing a giant group project after that and he's like I know and the teacher says that they had conveniently left that part out you know they had just gone to her and tried to be all like he just isn't gonna do any of the work which to be fair and defend his classmates for a second the story doesn't sound legit like doesn't that 
sound like an excuse somebody would make up to not have to do the group project? It just so happened that my friend had legitimately walked into a stranger's house. So the teacher said, all right, here's what we're going to do. Just because it seems like this group's a little bit of a mess, instead of you doing the citations, can you just do a project on your own? It doesn't have to be an insane presentation, just a PowerPoint about it, you know, that way they feel better. You don't have to work with the group and we don't have to worry about it. And he's like, yeah, that's fine with me. Obviously he wanted his grade, but he just really couldn't believe that they had gone to snitch on him and like try to get him in trouble when it was their fault for sending the wrong address. I'm just saying, if you tell everybody to meet at your house and then you're texting them the address, I feel like that's one of the things that you should double check. Like the casualness of, oh yeah, I did send the wrong address, my bad. But like, why are you also telling me to go inside if, you know, I said I'm here. You think they would have looked out the door at some point? Like they had to have realized he was at the wrong house when he said, oh, I'm outside, come get me. And he just wasn't outside. But nah, they just went straight to the teacher to try to get him to like fail the quarter instead, which not very swag. Either way, it did end up working out. My friend got a good grade and he got a heck of a story out of it. I mean, it's not every day you end up accidentally walking into some dude's house. And if anything, he's very lucky that the dude was just screaming at him to get out of his house and not like, you know, blah, blah. Because let's be honest, I feel like if most people walked into just a stranger in their kitchen who started being like, hi, I'm here for the group project, they would feel like it's just some Craigslist dude trying to rob him. Anyways, guys, I think that is going to do it for the video. I know this was a shorter one, but, uh, you know, made a lot of story times, got stuff going on, all that jazz. Not like everything can be a 45-minute banger. Alright, so the weather has been getting, like, a little bit better than it was a month ago, so I've been spending a little bit more time outside. And on this particular day, I was in the backyard throwing my, uh, dog the ball, like, over and over again, playing fetch. And, you know, the backyards where I live aren't necessarily huge, so you're a little bit more aware of what your neighbors are doing. And the neighbor to my left was having a barbecue and, and playing some music, and, you know, I could just know it was there. It wasn't crazy distracting or, like, overly loud. Seriously, you know, I, I would be honest if I thought it was an insane out-of-control party. Obviously, I knew music was playing because I was outside and they were playing music outside, but it wasn't like, you know, it was a big deal or insanely loud. In fact, if I was in my house, I probably couldn't even have heard it and on top of it it was like you know 11 a.m noon on a weekend so people are probably going to be in their backyard doing stuff there's not really a reason to get mad about it however the person on my left has another neighbor on either side of them like they're sandwiched between me and this other dude that i'm going to call baldy and baldy i guess had an issue with the music because as i'm in the backyard throwing the ball i hear some yelling coming from what sounds like the left of me uh, turn that racket off. I don't know why you're playing that garbage. You need to turn it down. You're interrupting my weekend. Do you have any idea what time it is? Da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, I turn around to look and see where it's coming from because I, I don't know if it's, like, the person at a party yelling at me or what's happening. And when I look, I can't really see anyone in my neighbor's yard because the walls are, are tall enough where you can't see, like, a normal height person. But what I do see is on the yard other to them. So Baldi's house, I see this dude's Baldi head and like the top of his body over the top of the wall yelling down and so I don't know what he's standing on probably like a milk crate or something but he's literally got his head over the fence in their yard yelling at them to turn that down and I can't see the people that he's yelling at like I can't see my neighbor but I hear them being like dude what are you doing quit leaning over the wall you're halfway in my yard get out of here it's none of your business what I'm doing in my backyard I'm not gonna turn it down which listen alright if your neighbor comes over and nicely asks you to turn it down it's one thing but if they start like half jumping your wall into your backyard demanding 
assuming you turn it down, yeah, I'd probably be like, get out of here, you crazy old man, no. And listen, it really was none of his business. Like I said, music was playing, but it wasn't like it was so loud I, I couldn't hear myself think. In fact, if you're in the house, you probably wouldn't be able to hear it unless you had the window open. But whatever, I guess he ends up taking that in the most disrespectful way possible, you know? It's like in his mind, this is a vacuum, them saying a disrespectful thing like, old man, get out of here. Yeah, that would be rude, but you gotta remember that you are the bald old man leaning in their backyard telling them to shut off their music. Like, that's probably gonna be their reaction. And so he takes it in the most disrespectful way possible, and he's still all I can really see. And I'm not kidding when I say I see his bald head starting to turn red. Like, that's how angry he is at this. And so I guess his response to that was to escalate it to violence, because he starts to threaten my neighbor, and he goes, if you say anything about me being an old man again, I'm gonna beat you in front of your family and embarrass you. Like, I'm gonna beat the crap of you out of you in front of your wife and listen you can't just go around saying that stuff bro like those are fighting words i don't know if you say that to anybody they'd probably be willing to throw hands like if some lady was there and said to his wife like if you keep talking like that i'm gonna beat you up in front of your husband nah the wife's throwing hands and obviously if you're the husband in that situation he's like i'm gonna beat you up in front of your family you're probably throwing hands you can't just roll around saying that to people and i don't know if the neighbor thought that he was mr tough guy and like no one was gonna react to him at all but obviously the neighbor wasn't just gonna eat that so he replies and he's like you're the one standing on a milk crate right now leaning in my backyard telling me to shut up if you're such a tough guy how about you get over here and beat me up then if you want me to turn it off so bad like if you want to take it there and get violent and threaten to beat me up in front of my family then let's go get over here you're the one on the milk crate tough guy which you know I guess is also a little bit of escalation I can't lie but yeah I don't know man if somebody started being like oh I'm gonna beat you up in front of your family if you don't shut up like it'd be hard for me to keep cool I can't lie and so like I said the bald old man's head is literally red at that point with anger but he decides to jump off the milk crate and throw himself over the wall which you know is is basically saying we're gonna throw hands I'm coming over here to beat you up and so I'm watching this old man trying to like jump over this wall from the milk crate and I can't really see him once he starts to get over the wall he does get over the wall it just takes him a little bit because it's not like he's some spring chicken that's fantastic at flexibility and so to get a better view at this point I have these like planter boxes against the wall that are probably like a foot tall and I jumped up on the edge of it so that way I could see into their yard you know so I jump onto that and I'm looking over the wall into my neighbor's yard now so I can see Baldy who's like kind of over the wall and I see my neighbor who's probably about 10 feet away kind of in so like a surprise stance because he doesn't believe that this neighbor's actually jumping over the wall to throw hands it's just not something you expect to happen and whatever Baldy gets over the wall but he doesn't get over very well like gravity does most of the work and it just so happens that gravity does most of the work while he's head first so he kind of falls off this wall head first you know like oh ah you you know just it doesn't look like it didn't hurt it definitely looked a little painful which is not a good approach or very intimidating if you're coming over to beat somebody up but whatever he pops up and it's immediately evident that he's out of breath which is just also not a good start so this guy's off to a terrible start at this fight probably the least intimidating thing that I've ever seen to be honest anyways Baldi isn't too caught up on like being out of breath or anything because he stands up and he just starts swinging on my neighbor dude but he's swinging on my neighbor 
neighbor. Like, you know, he's a tornado in a trailer park just trying to hit anything he can. So he's more just kind of spinning wildly around with his fists closed. And it's not like it takes very much to just not get in the way of somebody that's just swinging punches like there's no tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's in the general direction of the guy you're trying to fight, but you don't even know where they're going. And my neighbor is quite a bit younger than Baldi over here, so he just kind of dodging it. And I'm literally watching this entire thing go down, and I'm surprised because instead of, like, getting ready to fight this, you know, Baldi back, I hear my neighbor start to say, I don't want to hit you. I don't want to hit you. Please don't make me hit you. And listen, you know, I'm not a combat expert by any means, but I feel like if you are swinging on somebody and they're like, hey, please don't make me fight you, they probably are really good at fighting, you know? Like, they're literally getting swung on and still trying to get you to calm down. But whatever, the neighbor takes it offensively again, Baldi, and he's like, you think I'm an old man? You think I need your pity? I can still fight, you know? You don't need to give me any sympathy. I'm gonna beat you you know, in front of your family and you're gonna look stupid for trying to not hit me. You gotta fight me like an adult, as if it's offensive that this guy doesn't want to fight him, you know? Oh, I'm so angry that you don't want to punch me in the face. And I hear my neighbor one more time just say, please don't make me hit you. Just go back over the wall. Stop. Like, don't make me do this. So he gives him one more chance. He's like, don't make me fight you. But could you imagine if he actually did? Like, he stops the fight and jumps back over the wall. He's like, oh, yes, you're sorry. You know, do you have another milk crate? I can't reach the top of the wall on my own. Either way, though, my neighbor gives him one more chance. He's like, dude, I really don't want to fight you. And at this point, I'm nervous about what's to happen because he's still trying to let him leave the backyard, which to me implies that my neighbor knows that this is not going to end well for Baldi over here. But Baldi, not really thinking it through too much, probably just seeing Red at this point, is like, fight me like a man, you little coward. You are such a coward. I can't believe that you live next to me. I don't want to live next to somebody that's such a pansy. Then he drops into his fighting stance, and my neighbor drops into a stance and looks and just vumph, hits him with an uppercut. And, you know, I've seen a lot of fights in my time. I've been beat up a couple times. There's a lot of punches that I've seen where I've been like, wow, that was some power. And I'll be honest, I have no clue what type of experience my neighbor had, how many people he's fought before, but I can tell you that he uppercutted Baldi. Uppercutted. Wow, I said that so weird. Uppercutted. Sorry. He uppercuts Baldi, and he literally gets lifted off his feet. Like, this old man gets lifted off his feet and kind of dropped back, which to me is just absolutely bonkers. It would look like something out of a cartoon. I had never seen anything like that before. And I'm kind of in shock because I just watched this man get like Doctor Strange lifted out of his body, you know, and my neighbor instead of like continuing to fight him or being mad, walks over to Baldi immediately and is like, are you okay? Are you okay? Can I get you anything? My neighbor definitely did not want to have to lay that dude out. You could tell he felt horrible about it because he's literally checking on him after one punch he knows that it's over he's like okay are you okay are you okay and I hear Baldi start to apologize which I'm not gonna lie makes me laugh a little bit because it's like dude 10 seconds ago you were jumping over the wall telling him you were gonna beat him up and now he lands one punch and you're like I'm so sorry but anyways he continues his apology he's like I shouldn't have come over the wall you know you're right I came into your backyard and said I was gonna fight you and that was wrong at least he's apologizing you know I'll give him that but I'll be honest he was probably insanely embarrassed because because he had started this fight, swore he was gonna, you know, lay him out, and now, not only did he get beat up, but, like, the guy who beat him up is having so much sympathy for him, he's like, can I get you some ice? Are you okay? So, 
he helps up Baldy, and Baldy's like, are we good? You know, are we going to have any issues? And the neighbor's like, if you're good, then I'm good. And Baldy's like, yeah, we're good. And he goes over, and he starts trying to jump back over the wall, which to me is hilarious, man. Like, you just got laid out, and you're still going to try to jump over the wall, get your exercise in. I feel like getting knocked off your feet was exercise enough. You already got knocked out. It's already embarrassing enough. You might as well just ask if you can use his side gate at this point. What's he going to do? Think even less of you because you use the gate? Anyways, he's kind of struggling to jump over the wall, and for probably about 20 seconds, he's just kind of literally struggling to get his hands up there and get enough momentum to pull himself onto the wall, and it's pretty hard to watch. And finally, he gets back over there, and the entire time, my neighbor's just kind of standing there with his arms folded, watching him try to get over the wall, and he gets back over, and then Baldy once again is like, are we good? And my neighbor's like, yeah, you know, we're good. If you're good, then we're good. And so he turns back around to talk to his family, but I guess when he turns around, he sees me standing on the planter box, which, you know, all right, I'll admit, I probably could be considered snooping. I wasn't trying to snoop, man. Listen, if you heard your neighbors fighting, you'd probably want to watch it too, but when he sees me, instead of getting mad and being like, what are you looking at? He just kind of smiles at me, so I smile back, and I wave, because, you know, I don't want a problem, and he goes, did you see all that? And I'm like, yeah, I did, I did, and he's like, from the beginning, and I said, I saw him jump over the wall, you know, and he says, well, if he tries to get me in trouble and like you know anyone comes and says that I beat him up for no reason or anything would you be willing to say what you saw and obviously you know in a situation where Baldy tries to make it seem like the neighbor attacked him for no reason out of nowhere I would be like yeah that's just not what happened so I tell him yeah and he's like awesome thanks we're going back to the barbecue and I said I'm gonna go inside and he said all right so I get off the planter box and I go inside and I'm like what in the world just happened you know and thankfully then Baldy didn't like you know try to get anyone else involved or call the cops probably because he didn't want to you know have to explain what happened and on top of it at the end of the day he did start it like you know the neighbor didn't go over there and want to fight you jumped over the wall into his backyard started swinging on him and he told you hey please don't make me do this repeatedly and then you made him do it I mean sure he did choose to punch you but like what is really his option at the point where you're not leaving I will say my neighbor out of respect though did turn the music down a bit they didn't stop the barbecue or anything I'm sure at that point the party was way too hype but they did turn down the music so I don't even think he was really a bad guy like I said it just seems like it happened to be at the point where he's like listen dude you're in your bet my backyard you're threatening me I'm gonna have to hit you please don't make me do it I just could not believe how adamant he was that he didn't want to fight you know in my mind that means he has to be like a secret karate master or you know he's got to be trained in some type of combat because those are the only types of dudes that I've ever known that will adamantly try to avoid a fight as much as humanly possible because they're not like afraid of fighting they know they're gonna win they just also know that the average person doesn't know what they're doing so they don't want to have to fight them and listen I'm not a fighter okay trust me I'm not out here like I don't want to have to fight you don't make me do this I don't know any kung fu or anything I'm just saying general life advice if you're about to fight somebody and they keep trying to let you escape right you keep disrespecting them and trying to be like let's go and they keep saying nah man just just go away it's okay chances are they're trying to let you escape for a reason you know if they weren't insanely confident that they could beat you up no one would take that disrespect but if they literally are like bro just walk away take the chance to walk that's my honest advice I'm just saying trust me you don't want to do this you can leave now you know you really don't want to end up having to fight the love child of Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris like Baldy did over here I still can't believe how impressive that uppercut was bro literally took him off of his feet dude it looked like when Doctor Strange hits somebody and they like fall out of their body but 
but just as one motion, you know, the entire body just did the whole like boomf thing and just straight onto his butt. And as for Baldi and other interactions and stuff, I don't know, I, I've never really interacted with him much. My only interactions that I've had with him is I know he's an angry, grumpy man. Because every now and then I'll be like checking the mail and see him outside or something and I'll wave just trying to be neighborly and he'll just give me a dirty look. So, uh, I don't know, I wasn't really surprised he was angry about music being played, but what I can say is that you probably should be happier. Because if you're going to be rolling around as angry as you are starting fights as much as you are, you, you need to fight better or be happier. So, uh... Yeah, moral of the story, I think my neighbor might legitimately be some type of undercover superhero, you know? I know the Avenger project has come to an end, so maybe he's just kind of laying low over here. He definitely has some type of training for punching people, because my goodness, dude, he looked like a professional boxer fighting a kindergartner out there. Anyways, I would also say, moral of the story, don't try to fight people for no reason, and don't hop into people's backyards and start swinging on them, because at that point, you know, I think they have the legal right to punch you in the face. Alright, so the person who sent this in to me, I guess, worked at a frozen yogurt shop. I've never worked at one of those, but I could uh, guess that working with the public in any capacity recently has not been insanely fun. And for the most part, working there was pretty chill. It wasn't like Karens were roaming in to get frozen yogurt on a daily basis. You know, they tend to hate fun things and froyos on that list. That being said, him and his manager would just kind of goof off, help customers whenever they came in, and uh, it was a pretty cool job. His manager that he worked with most often was like this older 20 like seven year old dude named Jacob who was pretty chill you know just just kind of like managed the Froyo store went home played video games did his thing minded his own business and he was kind of notorious at the Froyo store for being extremely hard to piss off like guy just kind of had a very very long fuse you know you had to really go out of your way to do something wrong on purpose to get him to even like give you a stern talking to let alone freak out on but one day it was a Sunday and they were just kind of at the Froyo shop doing their thing and him and Jacob were goofing off behind the counter and they see this car pull up and out pops this like mom and dad you know and they walk into the store and right away they can tell that it's not going to be a very fun interaction with these customers because the dad instantly goes all right bozos off your phone it's time to actually work for a living and like not in a very joking way but like snapping at them and even when they had pulled up they had like slammed on the brakes got up slammed their car doors walked in all angrily you know you know when you can just tell that somebody's not having a good day and they're about to take it out on you and obviously Jacob and the person who sent this to me aren't trying to piss off the customer so they're just kind of like all right sure what can we get for you and before they can even finish the what can we get for you the mom holds up a finger and goes all right be quiet and they're like okay okay it's gonna be like that and she just starts rattling off all these different froyo orders large banana with like insanely fast to the point where they can't even put it on the register or write it down so whatever she goes on for like 45 seconds saying a bunch of frozen yogurt and it's at this point like 25 cups of this stuff keep in mind most of the time it's a self-serve yogurt place it's not like they're the ones usually making it so she kind of rattles it off and then looks at them and they're kind of standing there confused and she's like well let's go get on it and they're like um this is self-serve yogurt and they're like no we don't like that you know basically the only thing the workers were there to do was like help you know take the measurement of the yogurt maybe put on some toppings that like weren't out for the public to deal with themselves and then help people check out. It's not like every day they were really out here making 75 cups of frozen yogurt when somebody requested it, but this lady's like, well, guess what? Today you need to make this yogurt, otherwise you're not getting this sale. And they're like, alright, well then can you like repeat it a little bit slower as we make each one? And the mom is kind of like, ugh! Can you believe how dumb workers are? 
talking to her husband, but she's saying this right in front of the workers. So, you know, just not the nicest thing in the world. And the dad's not being any nicer either because his response is like, oh my God, yeah, no wonder these losers are working at a frozen yogurt store. And listen, dude, like, I don't know if maybe somebody had pissed in their cornflakes this morning. They had a bad breakfast or whatever, but why you gotta be going in on the guy making frozen yogurt? How are you angry while getting Froyo? You know, like, you just say Froyo angrily. Froyo! Like, you can't even, I, I don't understand how you stay mad while getting frozen yogurt. Regardless, Jacob and the subscriber are just keeping their mouths shut. You know, they're trying not to argue or fight back. And he looks over at Jacob and he sees that he's like kind of turning red a little bit, which is weird because as I said, this dude's usually super, super chill. Obviously, I think anyone in this situation would be getting heated if somebody's like, you're an idiot. You're a loser for working here. They're talking crap about you acting like you don't exist. So whatever, he kind of starts like going out and making the yogurt and they're just trying to get them out of there. But of course, you know, the, the lady and the husband are like standing over their shoulders watching everything they do. And anytime, you know, they don't like the pattern of the yogurt or anything, they're like, oh, nope, you messed up. Got to take a different one. Nope, I'm not, I'm not paying for that. And obviously, Jacob and this other worker are getting annoyed because it's like, we're not going to throw away this yogurt. It's self-serve. If you don't like how I'm serving your yogurt, then brilliant. You do it. That's the entire point of this place. So whatever. They're like just trying to get this done. And each time, you know, they keep messing up they keep making them throw away this yogurt and finally after like the fourth cup that they had quote-unquote done wrong and the dad was kind of like you need to throw that away Jacob said no you guys are taking this one I'm not throwing it away and the response to that from the dad was to grab the yogurt out of Jacob's hand but Jacob like didn't let go of the yogurt so the dad pulls harder and Jacob lets go and the froyo just goes all over the dad and obviously it's pretty funny so the person who sent this to me laughs a little bit and the mom at that point is like oh <gasps> Oh my gosh, you're attacking my husband. What's wrong with you? And Jacob's like, no, I'm not attacking your husband. He just tried to grab the froyo out of my hands, but I don't feel like we want to serve you guys anymore. And they just start freaking out about how, you know, he's allergic to dairy. He's allergic to dairy, which listen, man. Okay. Like if you're lactose intolerant, you know, it happens. Obviously people are out there like that. Why are you in a frozen yogurt store buying a bunch of frozen yogurt and B? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how dairy allergies work. So I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure if you just like get ice cream on your shirt you don't burst into flames and explode and start dying like don't you have to ingest something you're allergic to maybe that's not how it works but i don't understand how his allergic reaction is going to be caused by just getting it on his shirt so whatever they're just kind of freaking out screaming and at that point jacob's like you guys need to go we're not serving you anymore and there isn't really much communication going on because karen's yelling jacob's yelling the husband's yelling everyone's yelling you know it's like that scene in anchorman where brick walks in and he's like i don't know what we're yelling yelling about everyone's just screaming but finally i guess the karen realized that nobody was really listening to what was going on because she picks up a couple of the cups that were like filled up already and just starts throwing them at the workers and at that point jacob and the workers start like hiding behind the counter right and she's like you guys are insane for not serving us you just missed out on the biggest order that this store's ever seen i'm gonna call your manager and let him know how disrespectful you are this is ridiculous and the husband's like like, yeah, I've never been so insulted in my life. Keep in mind, they're the ones literally throwing ice cream at these poor, like, uh, workers that were just trying to have a chill Sunday, you know. No, now they're out here playing dodgeball with frozen things. It's not Anna and Elsa out here, all right? Nobody's expecting to play, like, a modern warfare snowball while at work. Regardless, after ranting about how they've been so disrespected, they end up storming out, you know, without their froyo, And they get up, and they're just like, 
What in the world was that? Obviously, the store's not in very good shape. There's Froyo everywhere. Froyo had gotten dropped like minutes ago, so now it's all melting. And they kind of just are just in shock about what happened. So obviously, Jacob's pretty pissed off. He had been red. He had been arguing with her. He had never really seen him snap at a customer like that. But he's kind of calmed down now. He's like, look, let's just clean this up. You know, they're not going to come back. It's fine. If the boss and the owner have a problem with, like, what went down, I'll explain to them what happened, and we'll be good, right? And like I said, Jacob was a very good manager. It's not like there was issues very often. He wasn't getting into fights with people often. He never got customer complaints, so he just figured that, like, the owner was going to take his side. Because obviously, it would be out of character for this worker who's worked for, like, years there and never had a problem to just all of a sudden decide to attack people with ice cream. But sure enough, you know, uh, they finish work that day, they clean up, they get everything together. The next day he comes in and Jacob is like not looking happy. And he's like, all right, so the owner's coming in today because I guess that Karen and her husband called him and said that we attacked them with yogurt, you know, and he called me and said that he was very disappointed in my behavior and that there's no reason that I should have done that. And the worker, you know, the person who sent this to me is like, well, that's ridiculous because they were throwing ice cream at you. Like, they came in and caused all the problems. You didn't do anything. And he's like, yeah, I tried to tell him that, but the owner of the Froyo store just, like, kept yelling at me and saying I was wrong, you know, and that my behavior was unacceptable. And he's coming today to talk about it. So I've decided that, like, if the owner gets here and isn't going to be a little bit on my side and realize that, like, I didn't do anything to make them throw Froyo, then I quit. Like, I'm just done, you know? So obviously, he's like, all right, well, when he gets here, if you guys need some time to, like, talk, let me know. So about an hour later, the owner comes in and he's like, all right, Jacob, you ready to have a talk? And Jacob's like, yeah, let's go. So they go to this, like, back office room thing and they start talking. And obviously, the subscriber who sent this to me is being a little nosy. He's over by the door trying to eavesdrop a little bit because he just wants to know what's going on. And he hears the boss go like, wait, can you explain to me what happened? And he hears Jacob start to explain that they were there minding this business when this lady rolled up all mad and her and her husband came in and the husband started insulting them right away. And the next thing you know, they're expecting them to make the yogurt. So they were making the yogurt. But every time that they would put it in the cup, they said we were doing it wrong. And they started like trying to rip it out of our hands. And they were just being insanely rude. I've never seen someone act more ridiculous in my life like honestly it, it was embarrassing that a grown-up was acting that way and he's saying all this thinking that it's gonna you know make the boss be a little bit more on his side but then there's just this insanely long silence and the subscriber can't see what's going on but the next thing he hears is the manager just screaming at Jacob you thought she was the rudest person you've ever seen you've never seen one act more embarrassing well guess what that was my sister my sister came in to get froyo and that's who you treated like that I bet you, you didn't think that was a mistake did you and Jacob at this point, bro, I bet you, he was already mad enough at the lady. Here's his boss getting mad at him. So he starts screaming back at the owner. He's like, damn, bro, well, then your family sucks. That's crazy. I'm not going to excuse your sister's behavior. She should have respected you more when she came into your business. And the manager's like, how dare you tell me, like, you know, how to how to tell my sister how to act or how she should treat me. That's none of your business. You're the one who works at a Froyo store. And Jacob's like, yeah, you're the guy who owns the Froyo store. I guess that makes you a little bit better than me. But if I'm the guy actually doing all the work for your business, then it makes you lame too. And the manager's like, well, guess what, Jacob? You like to have this attitude and think that you're so smart well you're gonna call my sister and you're going to apologize which listen man this boss is just insanely out of pocket dude just because someone is your family doesn't mean that they're like always going to act appropriately right and even then i'm gonna assume you have security cameras or something you could probably go look at your sister throwing the froyo at them you know 
what, were they supposed to just let it happen when, like, because she's related to you and they didn't know that? Obviously, though, the manager was just not in the mood to uh, be, be getting fact-checked at all. And even then, let's say that you're, like, really pissed, whatever, you're gonna let your sister come into your business and throw Froyo all over the place. That's your prerogative, man. I guess nobody can really stop you. But it's nuts that you're gonna, like, make this dude pull out his cell phone and then call your family and apologize for something that they did. Like, you want to handle this between you guys, that's fine, but you can't just make him apologize for no reason. You know, I guess technically he probably could try to make him, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't have done this either. And Jacob is like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, there's no way I'm going to call and apologize because your sister was the one that was out of pocket. And the manager's like, are you kidding me? You're really, really going to go to this? It's going to come to this after how long you've worked here? You're really going to let your job be put on the line because of this because you're too proud to apologize? And Jacob is like, yeah. I'm gonna be too proud to apologize on this one because I did nothing wrong. If you're gonna say that to me, you know, I'm gonna put all this on the line after how hard I've worked and how long I've worked here because I was mean to your sister who deserved it, by the way. I could say the same thing to you. Like, you're gonna fire me over this after everything I've done for you? And the boss is like, well, what are you trying to say? Are you threatening to quit? He's like, no, I'm not threatening to quit. The fact that I'm here all the time doing all the work for this business and then you're gonna come in here and scream at me the one time I've ever had a problem with a customer... I'm done. I quit. I'm out. Good luck, man. Best of luck to you. And he hears Jacob start coming to the door, so the subscriber kind of, like, gets out of the way a little bit. And the door opens, and Jacob storms out, and he's, like, taking off his, his uniform thing, and he's like, alright, I'm out. I quit. And at that point, it was almost like the manager had a change of heart, you know? Originally, it was like he thought he was gonna come in and start screaming at him, get the apology out of him, get him on the phone, and then everything was gonna go to normal. But now that the guy was, like, actually willing to quit and walk out and just be like, good luck, bro. Seriously, best of luck to you. I'm not working for you no more. The manager was literally following Jacob out like, wait, Jacob, come on. Let's talk about this. I mean, at this point, dude, I don't really feel like there's much to talk about. You insisted he apologized and then, you know, just kind of said that he's a loser for working at the place that you own. Why would he want to work there? Like, you know, you're not going to have his back. And then on top of it, you think that he's a loser because he works for you. Like, why would he want to keep working for somebody that has that much just like you suck in their veins for somebody that's working for them? You know, if somebody comes at your customer or your employee, sorry, related or not, it's your job to like maybe say, hey, don't treat my workers like that. Anyways, you know, Jacob's like, yeah, no, I'm done. And he's like, fine, you don't have to apologize. And he's like, okay, fine, then you apologize. And the manager is now in the hallway and they're standing in front of like the subscriber, right? And the boss goes, well, I can't say that. I can't apologize to you in front of him because then it's going to belittle my leadership, which is some of the worst leadership ever, bro. If apologizing is like something that you never do, if you never own up and admit you're wrong ever, then you're probably not very good at the leading thing because everybody is going to mess up, bro. Like, listen, is there anyone that's ever owned a business and never made a mistake? No, I think that's literally impossible to do, to always be perfect. But at the same time, dude, like sometimes you're gonna mess up and you gotta tell the people that you're leading if you're a boss that like, I messed up, okay? You know, so obviously at that point, Jacob's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about, bro. This is why I hate working for you and I'm done. I quit. And the manager looks at the subscriber at that point and is like, can you believe that Jacob's doing this to us? And the subscriber was also getting pretty fed up at that point, but really the only reason he had stayed at this job as long as he did is because Jacob was a cool manager. So he looks at the boss too and he's like, yeah, I can. And you know what? I quit too. And Jacob smiled. He's like, yo, you don't have to quit for me. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he quits too on the spot. And they were the only two people that were going to be like, you know, that day on shift. So the boss is like, well, if you guys are quitting and walking out today, then like, what am I supposed to do? 
and they were both like, yo, man, I don't know, call your sister. That's not really our problem. Like, good luck, we quit. And the boss starts yelling about how, like, this is so unfair, and he can't believe that they would just quit on the spot, and they were like, listen, man, like, what do you expect me to do, bro? You literally were gonna make me call and apologize to somebody that trashed your store and was screaming at us. Like, I'm just not gonna do that. Like, I don't wanna work here anymore. It's nothing personal. I just literally have no desire to work for you ever again. And the boss is like, so you just expect me to be here all day by myself managing that? And they were like, yeah, you leave us alone all the time to deal with it. So it looks like you can finally figure it out. Which, uh, all in all, listen, I'm not saying you should walk around quitting your job on the spot. If your boss has been good to you, you know, you just got a better job. It's probably the right thing to do to put in the two-day notice. But I mean, if your boss is going to just throw you out to dry like this, then by all means, dude. Oh, well, you know, with the current job market, I feel like uh, there's a huge worker shortage. So workers for once are actually a little bit more in control. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like Jacob, with the amount of experience he has, is probably going to be okay getting another job. As for finding people that have the patience to deal with Karens and do nothing about it, uh, I feel like those people are definitely falling into harder and harder supply. You know, it's like finding diamonds in Minecraft and... uh you know, you shouldn't really just let yourself get ice cream thrown at you. I feel like that's a perfectly reasonable time to be like, hey, this is out of control. Anyways, they both ended up leaving, you know, and Jacob was like, yo, that actually meant a lot that you quit with me, you know, and the subscriber's like, eh, whatever, like, that job kind of sucked, and listening to the way he was screaming at you, it's like, what, he's just gonna pro promote me to manager, and then, like, I'm gonna have to deal with all that crap? No, thank you. So whatever, they ended up leaving, but to make matters worse, dude, a couple hours later, their boss calls them, and you think by now you would maybe have learned to like be a little bit nicer you know will you guys please come back we can work it out you know like it, I'll make sure that the the Karens can't attack you no more no instead they both got like an angry voicemail that was screaming at them and was like you're the reason that I had such a bad day you know and you guys suck and you're never allowed to work here again you're fired which to me I love dude just the fact that like he had to call let them know that he had a bad day and then fire them even though they already quit it's like hey man they kind of already did the leaving thing I, I don't really know what firing them after that is going to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I don't have any step parents. I'm not too familiar with the concept of it. That being said, I can certainly understand why you wouldn't like somebody that's, you know, new in your life, destroying your favorite things. Even if they're old in your life, destroying your stuff's a good way to make somebody not like you. That being said, this story takes place when somebody sent it in to me. Their mom and dad had been like, you know, apart for a little bit. And his mom had started dating this guy that was super obsessed with like discipline and hard work. And listen, there's nothing with, wrong with that. Like, if you don't have any discipline, you know, life's not really gonna go that well for you. If you have no work ethic, life's not gonna go that well for you. But this dude was strangely obsessed with it, to the point where, you know, he just figured if you weren't always earning a callus on your hand, you're pathetic. And obviously, this was not, like, the life this kid was used to beforehand, you know? He wasn't used to being, like, out in the yard, helping cut down trees for 12 hours straight. It just wasn't something he was used to. So, they kind of didn't see eye to eye. They disagreed on quite a bit. And one of the things that they would constantly fight on and disagree on was the fact that this kid played video games. And listen, I'm just letting you know, like, on the off chance any parents are watching this video, it's not insane for people... People to play video games anymore all right like I get it you know you think it's weird that somebody can play a, a video game for four hours straight and I get it you know that's probably bizarre to you but this isn't the 1980s anymore like it's not the case where everybody playing video games has no friends and could not muster the courage to talk to a girl if they wanted to 
Anyways, this stepdad was basically insistent that this kid's Xbox was, like, the root of all of his problems, you know? It was the reason that he didn't have straight A's, it was the reason he wasn't a millionaire yet, even though he wasn't old enough to have a job, you know, basically anything that the stepdad didn't like was taken out on video games, so they would argue about it a lot. And one of the other things that they would argue about a lot was the fact that he had a C in this class in school, and literally the rest of his report card was straight A's. He had one C, and the C was because this teacher and him just really did not get along. Not to the point where the teacher was like sabotaging his grade or anything, but I think you guys will understand. If you've ever had a teacher that's just kind of got it out for you and doesn't like you, it makes it really hard to do the whole learning thing, you know? It's hard to stay focused in class when it feels like you and your mortal enemy are locked in a battle. Forget paying attention, and on top of that, it's not like they're tossing you any favors when they're grading any of your work, you know? If they don't like you, they're grading you a little bit more harshly than they are the teacher's pet. Anyways, of course these two arguments ended up combining, and the stepdad was like, the reason you have a C in that class is because of the Xbox, blah 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 blah, and obviously, you know, he disagreed. Well, one night they were having an argument about him having low grades, and he started saying how his grade point average, if you combined it all, still wasn't that bad, it was literally the only C he's ever gotten. Which is probably a fair point, you know, like, fair enough, I guess if you have straight A's, a C throws things off a little bit, but if they've literally never had problems maintaining good grades before, and then all of the sudden struggle with one class, and they're like, eh, whatever, I just don't really like it, me and the teacher don't get along. I feel like picking a fight about it every night at the dinner table is just a little bit unnecessary, you know? But they were fighting about it, and the stepdad said something about how it's the Xbox's fault he has a C in this class. And the kid just decided to respond something along the lines of, Actually, it's this douche of a stepdad that I have that makes me have a C in this class. And listen, was that a little bit out of pocket? Absolutely. Was it also kind of funny? Absolutely, and I'll be honest, I bet you you yelling at him every day probably has more of an impact on his grades than like the Xbox does. Regardless, the stepdad gets incredibly upset at that, you know, and starts talking about how, like, he doesn't need to be talked to with that disrespect, blah 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 blah, and how this kid needed to respect him. And, uh, that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves on the planet, is when people are like, you have to respect me. Because in my opinion, respect is a two-way road, right? Like, if you respect me, I'ma respect you. That That's just the way it should go. But nah, if you're gonna be talking crap, calling me stupid and not respecting me, then, like, I have have no obligation not to roast you, you know? At least that's the way it makes sense in my head. Like, if y'all have settled the beef, okay, there's no reason to go stir up the pot again, but in the middle of an argument, if you're calling someone stupid, they're allowed to call you stupid back. You know, there's no need to rehash a bunch of old stuff. But yeah, if you're not gonna respect your stepson and call him an idiot, he's allowed to call you a douche. It just, it's even in my mind. Regardless, that really sets him off. He's like, you really don't respect me, huh? And, uh, you know, another thing that I would say, and I'm not saying the kid was smart to answer this question the way he did. Sometimes you don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. And if your stepson just said, I have a douche for a stepdad, and you and him are constantly fighting, maybe it's not the time to ask, do you respect me truthfully? Because I just feel like no matter what he says, you know it's not going to be an answer that you would like to hear from that question, you know? Anyways, he goes on 
on about like, no, I don't respect you. You suck. If you weren't married to my mom, I wouldn't listen to a word you say, which, you know, brutal, brutal to be sure. But I also feel like, I mean, if you weren't married to his mom, you wouldn't worry. Listen to a word you say is like kind of fair. If you weren't married to his mom, you wouldn't be his stepdad, right? So you'd just be some dude. Like, why would he listen to you? That's that's a fair argument. I don't know if that's really not fair, then I wouldn't know. But hey, that sounds fair. Anyways, the stepdad at that moment freaks out and he's like, this is all the Xbox fault. If you didn't have that Xbox, you wouldn't be treating me that way, which is honestly like a little delusional, bro. I don't think the gaming system has anything to do with this relationship not being good. Anyways, he storms upstairs. So obviously the subscriber storms up after him because he has no clue what the guy's going to do. You know, is he going to go use the restroom, take a shower, destroy his room? Who knows? Regardless, he follows him and he starts walking towards the subscriber's room. So he's like, hey, what are you doing? Don't go in there. Don't go into my room. And he looks at the kid and goes, no, I'm going in your room. This is for your own good. And he opens the door and he walks over to this kid's setup. And, you know, I wanted to make it clear because he made it clear in the message he sent. The stepdad did not pay for the setup at all. Everything he had in that setup was, you know, from his mom or money that he had had or like stuff that his dad had given him, you know, even the Xbox. So the stepdad walks over to his setup and grabs the Xbox. And the way it was, it was underneath one of his monitors, right? And he grabs it and just rips it off the desk, but he pulls it upwards. So the monitor that was on top of the Xbox goes like flying off the back of the desk and his desk wasn't up against the wall. So it falls off the desk and it breaks and the Xbox, you know, is just in his hands, cords coming out of the wall, the whole thing. And he just grabs the cords and rips it out all angrily, you know, like, you know, in a sci-fi movie when there's like the ship full of people cryogenically frozen for long-term travel and like the guys in there just unplugging everything angrily that's the way this dude is taking the power cords off the xbox bro and so he finally has this xbox in his hand and the subscribers yelling at him like what are you doing what are you doing and his mom's there yelling like put his xbox back because you know she knows this is not gonna end well and the stepdad's like no i'm not putting the xbox back this is the reason we're constantly fighting if he doesn't want to respect me because of video games then he's not gonna play him and he starts to walk back towards the stairs and the way that this house was laid out is there was like this uh this like walk way along close to the stairs where like there was a wall on one side and a little half balcony railing thing you know where you can like look down into the living room from upstairs and he walks over to it and he has the xbox in one hand and he just lifts up and throws it down as hard as he can straight down and obviously electronics are not the toughest things in the world so falling like a floor onto tile is not great for the xbox it hits the ground the casing pops open stuff's flying everywhere and like I said he had thrown it down it wasn't even like he just let gravity do the work and he had thrown the xbox so hard down onto the tile that one of the tiles had cracked and obviously at that point this kid is pissed he's like you crazy person what did you just do that wasn't yours you're gonna be buying me a new one and even his mom is like come on you can't break his xbox what's wrong with you and the stepdad's like i guarantee you he's gonna start respecting me now that he doesn't have those stupid video games to go rely on and obviously you know it that point he gets sent to his room he closes the door and he's pissed bro like as you would be and he hears the stepdad and his mom arguing in their room 
And he's just like, this guy is an absolute douche, you know? He is more affirmed in that belief than ever. I'm just saying, if somebody ever, like, really doesn't like you, really has beef with you, I feel like the worst possible thing you can do is go break a bunch of their stuff. I don't understand how that's gonna earn their respect or make you like you more, you know? Like, oh, you know this thing that you love to do every day after school? Yeah, I destroyed it. Um, you're gonna like me more now, right? No, I'm gonna go with probably not as the answer to that question, you know? I, I've never really had anyone, like, out here trying to earn my respect destroying my Xbox, but I can assume that would put quite a damper on the situation. Anyways, you know, eventually he hears them start arguing, he goes to bed, he wakes up the next day, goes downstairs, and usually his mom is the one to take him to school and his stepdad's sitting there at the table, and he sees him and he just goes, where's my mom? And he's like, oh, you know, she went to work, I'm gonna take you to school though, because uh, I just feel like we need to talk a little bit, and he looks at him and he's like, no, I'm not going with you if you're driving to school, I'll walk. And he literally, like, has his backpack in his hand and just starts walking out the door, and his stepdad's like, you can't walk to school, and he's like, yeah, I am, I'm not going anywhere with you. And he straight up walks out of his house, walks to school. It takes him, like, 45 minutes, but he gets there, he deals with school that day, he comes out, you know, and usually his mom, like, was there to pick him up from school. Sure enough, stepdad's there, and this time he's way more apologetic. He's like, look, I'm so sorry about last night. I got out of hand. I shouldn't have destroyed your Xbox. I'm gonna get you a new one. I'm gonna replace your monitor. You know, will you just talk to me? And he's like, nope, I'm not gonna talk to you, bro. Uh, best of luck, you know? Uh, I will appreciate you replacing my Xbox and my monitor, but uh, we're not good, dude. We're not. And he just walked back home. He just didn't get a ride the other way either. And at this point, I think the stepdad's starting to realize, like, oh, crap, this backfired. You know, I thought getting rid of the Xbox was going to increase the respect. But really, it just, uh, you know, made him not like me at all. Which, this is the reality of the situation. Are there times where people play too much video games? Absolutely. The way to go about that is, you know, kind of have a conversation with them about how you've got to cut back a little bit. You don't run into their room and break something that means means a lot to them and expect them to instantly be like, you're right and have earned my respect. If that was the case, then like imagine, you know, trying to impress somebody, you just break into their house and smash their most prized possessions and you're like, why are you not happy with me? I'm trying to impress you. Anyways, he gets home, you know, and both of his parents are waiting there, and he looks at his mom and he goes, I don't know why you keep having to, like, try to have him drive me to and bring me home from school. I don't like him, and until I get my stuff replaced and I have it in writing that he's not breaking any more stuff, I'm just not gonna talk to him. And his stepdad's sitting right next to her and he goes, you're not gonna talk to me? And he just doesn't acknowledge him and he goes straight upstairs. Which, you know, if you thought you weren't getting respect before, bro, now he's just straight up pretending you don't exist. If somebody puts you in Foster's home for imaginary friends territory, that's how you know you crossed the line. Anyways, usually in these stories that get sent to me, you know, the parent that, like, is married to the step-parent doesn't have the kids back and is like, no, you just gotta get over it. Thankfully, that wasn't the case in this time because this kid woke up the next morning, went downstairs, there was a monitor, Xbox on the table, and a note from his stepdad apologizing and saying he wouldn't break anything again. Which, I feel like all in all, alright, would I have the balls to walk in, demand a letter, and new electronics? Probably not. But, hey, bro, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. If somebody breaks your Xbox, nothing wrong with asking for a new one, in my opinion. Especially if it's a situation 
situation where they just want you to go back to normal, bro, you're like, listen, man, you you destroyed my thing. You got to replace the thing. Even after that, though, obviously the relationship didn't go back to like being great. It wasn't great in the first place, but uh, you tend to trust somebody a little bit less after they break a bunch of your stuff. So to this day, their stepdad is still like being incredibly nice to them, which is probably the way that it should be. You know, that should have been that way from the start. But like, it's like they feel just incredibly guilty about everything that happened, you know, destroying the Xbox, how mad it made them at it. So in a weird way, it did actually end up solving quite a bit of their problems. You know, they still disagree from time to time, but whenever they do disagree, it's a lot less running up the stairs and destroying the Xbox and a lot more, all right, we can agree to disagree, which is the way it should be, bro. I'm just glad this kid's mom had his back. Could you imagine if she was like, that's ridiculous. You have to go get a job now to buy your own Xbox. And we're sending you to military school for not respecting us. Wakes up the next morning. All the other kids at military school are like, yeah, my parents sent me here because they feel like I needed some discipline in my life after I committed Grand Theft Auto. He's like, yeah, my stepdad broke my Xbox and now I'm here. And they're like, wait, what? Is military school still a thing? Like, I feel like that was something that was genuinely a fear for mine when I was little, only because in the show Recess, they were always like, I don't want to go to military school. And before some Karen in the comments, it's like, you don't respect the troops. You're making fun of their school. No, I, I respect the troops. Military school and the military are not the same thing, okay? Like real boot camp and military school, not the same. Anyways, guys, I think that's going to do it for the video. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, I would really appreciate you taking a second to press the like button. Let me know in the comment section down below what you thought. And, of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications. All right, guys. So the person who sent this to me, I guess, was working at a frozen yogurt store. And they said it was usually really, really busy when they first got the job in the summer. But at this point, it's become really slow because they live in a place that has some pretty strong winters. And obviously, you know, whenever it's snowing outside the last thing on people's mind can be frozen yogurt. So they had reduced their hours and they had like kind of cut back on the amount of workers that were there because it was just never really busy in the first place during the winter. Anyways, one day this lady comes in and is like, do you have frozen yogurt? Keep in mind the name of this place literally has frozen yogurt in it. So, you know, the subscriber is like, yes we do ma'am, how can I help you? And you know, she starts being like, good, I'm gonna take a look around before I let you know what I need, you know? And he's like, all right, what Whatever. And she starts to look around the restaurants and one of the other things that like they had done earlier uh, Because of the winter season is they had only kept like the really popular flavors You know the kind of like less popular flavors that weren't selling as much They just decided to not have in the winter because there wasn't enough people coming and getting it to make it worth it So they had the really popular flavors But about half the machines didn't have anything in them just because you know It was just not worth it to be ordering the supply and she notices that half the machines are empty and instead of like calmly asking what had happened or you know asking what the flavors were she gets angry why do you not have all your flavors ready what is wrong with you you have these machines here that are empty you might as well just put a sign on the door that says false advertising if you're gonna have machines that look like they would have frozen yogurt but don't have frozen yogurt I wouldn't even have walked in here if I knew half the machines were empty and he's just kind of confused because he's never seen someone that mad 
mad at the machines being empty. It's not even like they have no frozen yogurt. They just don't have, like, banana flavor. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. And so he tries to explain to her that, like, you know, the winter's not necessarily very busy at a frozen yogurt store, so in order to cut down on costs a little bit, his boss had decided to not stock all the unpopular flavors. Not that people didn't get them, it just, like, people weren't ordering them in the winter, you know? And he figures that makes sense because it tracks logically to me that, like, frozen yogurt is less popular when the entire world is frozen around you. And she apparently just disagrees with that. She's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why would you not carry flavors in the winter? Everybody knows that frozen yogurt is like one of the most famous winter Christmas treats of all time. And uh, I'll be honest, I've literally never heard that before. I've never heard somebody be like, my favorite Christmas dessert is frozen yogurt. Maybe it was specific to her family, but like, is that a thing? I've never heard of ice cream being a Christmas thing. And neither had the person who sent this in to me, so they don't really know how to reply to that. Like, what am I supposed to say to somebody saying that ice cream's a winter snack? And so they're like, well, okay, either way, we're not very busy lately, so I guess a lot of people don't look at it as a winter snack. Which I feel like is a very respectful way of saying, if you look at it that way, that makes sense. But like, you know, not a lot of people do, so it doesn't make sense for us to carry all the flavors just for you. But she assumes that he was being sassy by saying that, and she's like, is that backtalk? And obviously, it wasn't backtalk, so he's trying to nicely explain, you know, no, obviously I'm just saying that we're not very busy this time of the year, and that's why we don't have the flavors. You said that it was stupid of us because it was a winter treat and yet frozen yogurt's very popular in the winter so I was just explaining that like I don't know where you're from or you know what frozen yogurt shops you're used to but we're not very busy in the winter and instead of just being like oh okay miscommunication she says you're lying to me you're lying to me about how busy you are now I know you're lying because I know frozen yogurt places are always busy give me your boss's number now and the worker is just confused right and so he's like ma'am are you sure that you want to call my boss I think there's a misunderstanding and she's like, give me the number to your boss now. And he doesn't really know what to do. She's not leaving. So he finally breaks down and is like, all right, I'll hand over the number. And usually if there's a chain and they call the boss, like they just sell out the employee pretty quick. But this was like a frozen yogurt stop that was owned by uh, a family in town. It wasn't his only business. He was like a big businessman, but it was owned by a local guy. So that way his kids could have a job in high school. You know, he wasn't one of his kids, but like it was one of the kids he had hired to work there. So he hands him the number and is like, all right, go ahead and call. And I think that Karen was expecting it to be a corporate number where she was just going to be able to bully whatever worker was on the other side. But she calls and surprisingly he answers and he's like, hello, how can I help you? And she just immediately starts screaming. She doesn't introduce herself. She doesn't say she's calling about the frozen yogurt shop. Why do you not have all your flavors of yogurt? Everyone knows that frozen yogurt is very important to have a, a mixture of flavors. And if you have half your machines empty, then I don't understand how you expect me to find this business reasonable. It's disgusting. Why are half your machines empty? And she had put him on speaker, I guess, to flex, like, what he was gonna say back to her, and he just kind of is like, um, well... I don't know what you're talking about, but it's not very busy this time of year, and those products add to our cost, so because it's not busy, we got rid of the products people don't order. And to me, that makes perfect sense, right? Like, I'm very much following the logic here. I understand why you would make that decision, obviously. And that being said, dude, apparently, 
the Karen just disagreed. Was like, mm, no, I I'm not tracking the logic here. I just want to know what happened to make this lady feel like frozen yogurt is like, it's so important to have 30 machines of flavors, one. And on top of that, how dare they not have all the flavors ready in the winter? Because everyone knows that frozen yogurt is especially important in the winter. I've literally never heard of that before anywhere, dude. Like, let me know in the comment section down below if I'm just stupid or if this lady is just making up winter traditions. All right, guys, I'm going to interrupt the video for just one second on screen now as a gift card. For those of you that don't know, I give one of these away in every video. So subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss out on free money. And while I got your attention, press the like button or no joke, no scam. Your mom's a hoe. And without further ado, let's get back to it. Anyway, she doubles down. She like, that makes no sense in the owner just isn't the type of person to get like pushed around like that so he just says well you know I I've done it this way for 20 years I've always done this in the winter and you're literally the first person to ever complain about it so I don't know what to tell you and she starts to say something about how like he was ruining Christmas by not having all the flavors or whatever and instead of just letting himself get yelled at he did what any one of us would want to do in that situation and like just hung up the phone because you know he's a grown man he don't have to get yelled at like that and she's like, did he just hang up on me? Did he just hang up on me? What? What? Let me speak to the manager. Get the manager now. I cannot believe that that person just hung up on me. You need to get me the manager instantly. And the worker is just kind of like, uh, you know, standing there. So she tells him again, go get the manager. Are you stupid? Why are you just standing there? You know, you could have solved this by now. Go get your boss immediately. And he's kind of sitting there and he goes, ma'am, I don't think you understand that person that you talked to on the phone wasn't corporate. Like it wasn't somebody out of state. That was the owner. The manager isn't going to change anything because the owner just told you what he wants to do, which to me is like obvious that the manager can't really overpower the owner. That's not the ranking system. If the owner said don't do anything about it, the manager really can't do anything about it. But whatever, the Karen can't seem to accept that like she has lost, right? If the owner of the place tells you you've lost there really isn't much that she can do but she doubles down i said get me the manager this instant go get me the manager and so he's like all right and he goes to the back and he's like some lady is losing it right now she's saying that we are basically ruining christmas because we don't have all of our flavors ready and that you know she wants us to do something about it i don't know what she wants us to do we don't have the flavors but she insists on talking to you and so the manager's like, all right. And so the manager comes out of the back room and Karen takes her froyo that she has in her hands and just throws it at the manager. And his manager ducks like she manages to dodge out of the way because she had just been in the back making ice cream. And Karen at that point just decides to run out of the store. Like she literally said, go get the manager just so when the manager came out, she could throw frozen yogurt at her, which has to be one of the pettiest dodgeball moves of all time. And she tries to make a quick getaway, right? Like lickety split running out the door. The only problem is she's not agile at all. And she gets to like the, the pole door and she just pushes into it. So it doesn't go anywhere. And she just like slams into the door and she bounces back and falls down and everybody he's like what's going on and she gets up and scrambles to like get out of the door as fast as possible and the second attempt gets better you know it did take her two tries to outsmart the door but she manages to do it and she leaves and as she's leaving she's like you guys better not call the cops and like obviously they weren't going to call the cops because like what were they really gonna do you just threw froyo at them 
and like said that it was against Christmas or whatever. And they decided that like there wasn't really much that they could do other than what they could do anyways, which was banning her. So they were like, if she comes back, just don't let her come in. And obviously they just accepted the fact that sometimes people are nuts. I don't know, though, man. I love that she thought this was a felony. Like, she's running away, and her first thought is, like, I might get arrested for throwing frozen yogurt. Has she done this before? You know, is it a repeat offense? Has she spent time in the slammer for it a couple times? Seriously, though, I have never heard of frozen yogurt being a winter treat. It just doesn't make sense to me. Even if it is a thing, it's just illogical. Why would I want to eat frozen things in the winter? That would just make me more cold. And, like, on top of it, even if it is a winter thing, is it not good that it's open? Like, if I owned a frozen yo place in a place where winters are harsh i'd probably close it the fact they even stay open with half the flavors is a benefit you know and even then if you love frozen yogurt why attack the poor people that are just trying to give it to you you know like it's just some poor manager comes out from making frozen yogurt in the bag just gets assaulted with a face full of dairy no thank you man nobody deserves a face full of dairy no matter how much you think that they're ruining christmas dude even the grinch all right so the subscriber that sent this in to me had just gone into class and they were in the middle of this situation where like the teacher was moving people around just to break up groups and like introduce new kids to new kids I guess you know make the school community better and he ended up getting put at this table with three other people and it was very awkward because the three of them were very good friends and he was like the only person that didn't know them right and so they're talking and they kind of realize that he's just sitting there awkwardly so they go to introduce themselves and they introduce themselves as the Coven Three, the best group of witches and warlocks in the area. And he thinks that they're kidding, right? You know, like he's waiting for them to laugh or something, but no, they are consisting or like insisting that they are a group of witches and warlocks with a nickname. Similar to like what you do when you make a clan on Xbox when you're like 12, you know, your phase clan, but your P-H-A-S-E instead of, uh, you know, the way they do it. Regardless, the person who sent this in to me doesn't really understand what they mean by, like, being a group of witches and warlocks because they're not familiar with people actually thinking they have magic powers. So he's like, oh, well, I don't really know what that means, so, uh, cool, good for you guys. What does it mean to be a witch and a warlock, you know? And he wasn't even trying to be insulting. He just really had never met someone that actually thinks they're magic, right? So they instantly just recoil so offended you don't know what witches and warlocks are what what's wrong with you like you've never heard of witches that do curses and warlocks that are in tune with the spirit of the moon and can use it to influence reality and like you know they're going off about how you know witches and warlocks have magic powers and they can control everything which, listen, I'm not here to say that there's nothing to, like, witch and warlock beliefs or whatever. I don't care whatever you do, whatever you have, whatever. I'm just saying, if y'all were actually magic, you think you'd pick some lottery numbers right or something by now. You know, you would use it to uh, make yourself a little moolah. But whatever, they're kind of lecturing him about how they have magic powers, and so the connection the subscriber makes in his head is like Harry Potter. So he says, oh, like Harry Potter? Once again, not trying to be insulting, just saying the first thing that came to his mind, and you would think that'd be close enough, right? Like, oh, okay, yeah, similar. Nope, wrong. They got insulted. They, like, look at him offended. Well, now you're just trying to insult my intelligence. Do you think it's funny to make fun of the idea that we're witches and warlocks? And, you know, he doesn't really know what to say, so he's just kind of stammering, like, uh, 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 and they're like, because I'll have you know right now, Harry Potter has set witches and warlocks back centuries 
from where our acceptance could be otherwise, which, you know, I didn't realize was a problem, okay? I didn't realize the witches and warlocks out there really hated Harry Potter. So the subscriber is trying to take this seriously, so he's like, no, of course, I'm not trying to insult you, you know? I just know that in Harry Potter, the teachers that are women are like witches, and I know Harry Potter is a wizard, but a warlock and a wizard are, are the same thing, right? You know, like, pretty close. I wasn't trying to insult anyone, it was just something that I thought of that was similar. And they're rolling their eyes as he's saying this, right? Like, they can't believe the stupidity coming out of his mouth. How dare he not understand how offensive that is? And so they're like, well, that is fiction. Our group actually has magic powers, unlike Harry Potter. You think uh, an owl brings you a letter in your magic? No. Me and my group have tapped into the Earth's ancient powers and their magic fields in order to gain access to the ability to bend reality at our whim. And they're saying this completely normal, dude. They're not, like, pretending that they're in an anime or whatever. They're saying this like they're actually supposed to have magic powers. So the subscriber is like, you're telling me that you guys are actually magic. You know, you're you're not kidding. Like, you're actually telling me that you guys have the ability to, like, zippity-zoom and lightning will come out of your fingers. You know, you, you have the force, not because you're a Jedi, but because you're magic like that's actually what you're gonna tell me because he just can't believe somebody would be sitting here trying to say that right because listen if you're into like witchcraft or whatever as a hobby that's fine you you don't actually have the ability to cast stupefy on somebody but the group of the coven three is like yes we've done so many rituals that were deeply in tune with the magic in the area so, you know, before you decide to compare us to anything of fiction, know that we've actually done the rituals and we know that we have the power. And he's kind of sitting there, like, not knowing what to think about this. Obviously, the Coven 3 is trying to look extremely intimidating, but, you know, he's kind of like, you guys see more nuts than anything. So his only response to that entire rant is just, yeah, okay. And they're like, do you have any questions? It sounds like you maybe are skeptical on the idea that we actually have magic powers, which, you know, hey, why would anyone be skeptical about that? Anyways, obviously, the subscriber has one question, which is like, okay, if you guys are magic, and, you know, me assuming you're like Harry Potter is, is offensive, then can you prove to me your magic by, like, doing something, you know? Like, making a, a, a lantern in your hands or uh, casting a spell. Like, can you give me something to prove that you're magic? Which is totally a fair question. If somebody's roaming around claiming to fly, you're like, all right, hover for a second. I don't feel like that's out of bounds, you know? You're just trying to make sure that they actually got the flying power. And obviously, the witches and warlocks whew, get offended at that as well. I can't do that. That's not how our magic works. Are you kidding me? Do you feel like magic that's linked to ancient earthen powers is just something I can use willy-nilly to impress somebody in class? Like, ugh, that's no respect for the power. If you don't respect the power, it won't be there. Convenient, you know, you just have to use magic for serious things. You can never use it to just prove it to somebody. That would be ridiculous. So the subscriber is like, well, why not? You know, like, why can't you just do it? I'm not saying it in a disrespectful way to the power. I'm just saying, if you really have done, like, all these crazy rituals in your magic, then do some magic, you know? Like, fine, just, just pick a card that I've picked in my head, you know? Like, do a street magic trick, whatever, but 
just do a little bit of magic just so I can know you're not like uh, yanking my chain here. Which once again, I feel like is fair. If somebody's claiming they're a wizard, you gotta produce some magic. It just is what it is. And obviously the warlock at that point jumps in and is like, you're a disbeliever, aren't you? You have no belief in the ancient earth and magic. You reek of misunderstanding. I can sense it. My magic is being dampened just being around you. The fact that you misunderstand magic shows why we can never show you the true scale of our power. Just the most convenient cop out of all time. Like, yeah, I would totally show you my magic, but, um... Uh, you just wouldn't understand it. And the subscriber's like, I'm just saying that if you have magic powers that you need to do a bunch of rituals for, but it's also magic powers that you can never use for anything fun or show to anyone, it seems kind of pointless. Which is true, man. Call me a non-believer, call me crappy, but, like, if I have to do all this crazy stuff to get the magic powers, but the rule is I can just never use the magic powers, then it's like, well, this was not really worth it at all. Is it a situation, like, when you sign up for a timeshare, you know? Anyone who signed up for a timeshare can't admit that a timeshare sucks because they've paid for a timeshare but we all know for a fact that a timeshare sucks everybody that doesn't have a timeshare doesn't like timeshares you know regardless they get all mad at him and they're like we're going to curse you for daring to challenge us in the validity of our magic you know you're going to pay for that this curse is going to ruin your life and the subscriber that sent this to me literally can't believe that they're threatening to curse him now so he does the only logical thing he can do and just goes "Ooh, shiver me timbers which is like the only reaction you can have to somebody saying they're gonna curse you anyways at that point the teacher comes over because it was getting pretty loud and disrupting the class and she's like i did not move you guys over here to fight so you guys need to get it together and figure out how to work as a team otherwise you're all going to the principal's office and i don't have the patience for this right now so you know if you want to spend the rest of your day in the office then keep it up but if not i would just get along so they all just go silent for the rest of class but the witch and warlock you know the Coven 3 just can't help but keep threatening him and like by writing him threatening notes and I'm doing air quotes around threatening because they weren't necessarily threatening as much as they were like kind of cringe fan fiction you know they're writing him notes and passing it to him he's like not even wanting to open it because it's obviously just some weird note and so whatever finally after passing him a bunch of notes he opens it and it's written in like this really cursive font you know almost like it probably took them 25 minutes to get the calligraphy down we're going to curse you tonight sleep with one eye open you know and it's like just uh, okay man like you're gonna curse me whatever you know i mean i'm sure for some people that's absolutely horrifying but if these are the same people that like are late to first period every day because they need to go get starbucks saying they're gonna curse you it loses a lot of its luster as a threat so whatever he ended up writing back a note that said something along the lines of like i'm not really afraid of your curse because i feel like there's more magic in the fairy godmother from shrek and she was really out there doing some crazy magic all things considered you know i don't know if y'all remember that movie but i needed a hero sequence that entire shabackle debacle is what i was going for there i don't know what word shabackle would be regardless you know that entire debacle she was making people disappear putting people in bubbles that was crazy so whatever he passed the note back you would think they'd take it as a compliment to be as powerful as the fairy godmother 
but they start losing it. The witch that hadn't said anything to that point starts screaming, Oh my gosh, the fairy godmother is not a witch! It's not the same thing! Just insanely offended, which to me is hilarious, dude, because it's like, listen, if Harry Potter isn't, you know, fair enough, the fairy godmother's not fair enough, what witch or wizard, like, what magic representation can you compare yourself to then? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just weird. And on top of it, if you're going to be losing it over anything, it's just weird to be losing it over the fairy godmother from Shrek. Like, to just be disrupting the class, losing your mind over a non-fiction, or I guess absolutely fiction, hopefully not non-fiction character. Especially to the point where the teacher's already said that if you keep doing that, they're going to send you to the principal's office. So, of course, the teacher comes over, sends the person that just screamed at the principal's office. And so the witch is leaving, and she's like, look what you did, you know, as if it's the subscriber's fault that she decided to start screaming about Shrek. So after she leaves, the rest of the Coven 3, you know, the Coven 2 now is like, oh, we're really gonna curse you now. You got our friend in trouble, so we're gonna extra curse you. Like, we're gonna go above and beyond to make sure this is the worst curse that you've ever had on you. Keep in mind, they had already been threatening to curse him, right? Which, you know, in my mind means that, like, the curse before was the light mode. I know they don't really do light mode apps anymore, but, like, it it was that the light version of the curse. Oh, before, we were gonna take the curse light on you, you know? We were gonna make you poop your pants once. Now we're burning your house down. Like, oh, okay, before it wasn't going to be an extreme curse. I'm just saying, is there different levels of curses? I feel like a curse just sucks no matter what. I mean, obviously a curse that, like, kills you would be the worst curse, but I'm just not really trying to figure out different severities or, or figure out how to cast different severities. It just seems like a lot more work than it's worth, really. Anyways, he's kind of okay with being cursed. He's not too afraid of it. Class ends, and he ends up going about his day, you know? The rest of school's pretty uneventful. No other witches or warlocks come up and threaten him. He gets a little bit more homework than usual, which kind of sucks, but whatever. He just goes home, does his homework. It's a completely uneventful day. This is gonna matter later. I know right now you're like, why are you telling me about his uneventful day? But like I said, after school, going home, nothing crazy happens. There's no meteors coming through the walls, you know? There's no dreams of him dying. Like, there's nothing crazy, spooky, scary you would expect from a curse. There's not, like, him walking through a field and a zombie hand reaches up and grabs him and going, brains, brains, like there's literally nothing that you could constitute as a curse in any way. He doesn't even have like any run-of-the-mill bad luck like biting his tongue at dinner or accidentally swallowing his gum, like it's just literally completely uneventful. Anyways, he's on his way into class the next day, feeling completely fine, fine because the day was uneventful, and so he's walking in, and the Coven 3, all the witches are standing there, just like arms folded, dirty looks, making him, you know, feel a little uncomfy. And as he's, like, going in, he just goes to walk by him, and they block his way, and he goes, excuse me, and they just don't move. And they're like, hmm, so, guess who decided to show up today? And he's like, yeah, of course I showed up today. And they're like, oh, we're just surprised you showed up today, because we're going to assume last night was pretty rough, wasn't it, huh? You tell us how last night was. And obviously their arms are folded, they're like asking him about how rough last night was as if, you know, they know for a fact he had a horrible night. And he's not sure if they like thought they jumped him but got the wrong guy or what, you know, or what they're really referring to. So in his confusion, he literally just like outlines kind of uh, just the truth. What are you guys talking about? You know, last night was fine. I mean, I had a little bit more homework than normal, but nothing crazy happened. Like it was a, a pretty normal night, you know. And he doesn't really know these people. He doesn't owe them 
an explanation, but he's not even sure why they're asking about his night, so he just answers it normally that, like, nothing crazy had gone down. And as he's explaining that nothing really gone down, there's no fear in his voice or anything, and the warlock in one of the witches kind of has, like, their face change and is a little bit surprised. But the one witch who's, like, in control of the Coven 3, the leader, is like, yeah, sure, there's no way last night was uneventful. We used a pretty powerful spell on you to make sure that you had yourself the worst night ever. Trust me, it was one of the most powerful ones that we've ever cast. There's no way that last night was uneventful. I guarantee you, you were having night terrors like crazy. I bet you there was tons of bad luck, wasn't there? And he's standing there confused because there just really wasn't a whole lot of bad luck. So he's like, you know, I uh, I guess if that was your most powerful spell, you need to work on it because my night was completely normal and fine. It was uh, completely uneventful. And she had said like the spell was so powerful with so much confidence that, you know, it hurt deflation when he was like yeah no nothing happened just was hilarious to see because you got to imagine you know at that point she's like no way we used a powerful spell on you hoping that his like cool facade is gonna crumble and he'll be like please please lift the curse it's so scary i can't handle it any longer and he's like yeah no it just wasn't that scary so she doubles down on trying to like break him even though there's nothing to break and she starts saying that the coven three had gone out into the woods for four hours the night before and done a powerful ritual with chanting and stuff to like put a curse on him which is nuts to me dude four hours out in the woods to curse somebody that just like you know questioned if you have magic powers is nuts especially when it didn't work so the subscriber like points that out to him you know he says wow i'm flattered but all that means is that you spent four hours dancing around the woods for nothing to happen like that just seems like kind of a giant waste of your time and he starts laughing because it's just so unthreatening at that point like imagine finding out that somebody's like oh guess what we followed your car for four hours last night and you're like i didn't drive for four hours man they just followed the wrong car like yeah it's creepy they were trying to follow you you know it sucks they were trying to curse him but at the same time they were the idiots roaming around the woods just chanting stuff for four hours and got nothing out of it and so when he starts laughing they get angry and they're like we know your parents fought last night and that you had night terrors we know that was the curse that we put on you and you know his parents hadn't fought the night before he hadn't had any night terrors but once again she had just said it with so much confidence that it just made him laugh more than anything and at that point he starts to feel bad for him like all the fight he had in him to argue with him and make him feel stupid starts to leave because he's like oh you poor guys just stood in the woods for four hours for no reason so he's like hey i don't want to fight with you guys but literally none of that happened all right my parents didn't fight i didn't have any bad dreams so i don't know man maybe like the moon wasn't powerful enough your ancient earth powers need a reboot or whatever but all i'm saying is that your magic didn't work and he wasn't trying to be condescending he just didn't know how to talk to people casting spells but i guess that was very rude because the lead witch of the coven three slaps him at that point I guess to really own him, you know, if the curse wasn't gonna inflict any damage, your palm might as well. So she just gets a good nice slap. And they're in the hallway before class at that point. You know, they wouldn't let him in. So everybody that's out in the hallway sees the slap. And as you do in a situation like that, when you watch somebody just get slapped a little bit, you just go like, oh... Well, the O happens, the teacher had seen the slap, when kids react, now they gotta deal with it. So the teacher comes over and is like, okay, what happened? You know, why are you slapping him? Like, what's the situation? Why do I have to deal with this again? I dealt with this yesterday. Teacher's rightfully annoyed, because I'm sure they thought that, like, moving the tables around, shifting people around was gonna make things easier, you know, maybe cut down on the drama. Now they're out here with Scooby-Doo and, like, the, the Coven 3 cursing people and whatnot. 
And the lead witch that had slapped him is like, he's making fun of our witchcraft and saying that our spells are fake because they didn't work on him. But just because they didn't work on him doesn't mean that they're fake. Which, you know, I just don't, I don't follow the logic there. I feel like if you spend four hours swearing that you casted a spell and that spell doesn't work, then like there's no way the, the smaller spells work. If four hours of dedication can't get your magic to work, like you expect me to be afraid of you casting magic on the fly with no preparation in like two minutes? No, because because that's a 95% chance that's not working, you know? But whatever, the teacher doesn't really have the patience for any witchcraft or wizardry whatsoever, and they're just like, well, you aren't magic, and you can't slap people even if you are magic because they don't believe it, so you need to go to the deans now. And so the witch ends up, like, reluctantly walking to the deans, probably kind of scared the entire time because, you know, she realized that the magic wasn't going to do much against the teachers. Sure, the magic that you were uh, chanting in the woods for four hours last night was supposed to give him bad dreams, but I don't really think it's gonna protect you from getting suspended from slapping somebody in front of a teacher. That's just one of those things that uh, I think you might need an invisibility cloak to get out of. Too bad you thought Harry Potter was stupid. You maybe should have been trying to copy some of his spells instead, you know. I think that's even more proof that the whole we're witches and warlocks thing doesn't make sense and definitely wasn't true, because, like, if there's ever a chance to use your magic, it's right now when you're in trouble or your friend's in trouble. Like, why isn't the warlock out in the bathroom casting spells to get his homie out of trouble. That's what you should be doing. I'm just saying, if you do have magic powers, you should 100% be using it to make sure you guys don't get in trouble. There's no reason to not use the magic at this point. We can never show people our powers. Well, then the powers are pointless. You know, if I'm Spider-Man, but I can never use it to save anyone, I just have to keep it a secret. That sucks. Plus, on top of that, even if they were going to use the magic to get out of trouble, I guess it's hard to, like, get out of school and run around the woods chanting for four hours in the middle of third period. You know, maybe, maybe that's fair. Could you imagine, like, accidentally stumbling upon that? That had to have been something straight out of a horror movie. You're just walking through the woods at night with your dog or something. There's just a bunch of people running around chanting magic spells. I don't care if it's fake. That would be absolutely horrifying. You know, I don't know what cult I just accidentally stumbled upon in the woods, but I'm not trying to stick around and find out. No, thank you.